Radio Free America, and this is Uncle Sam with Music and the Truth Until Dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. <laughs> And welcome everybody to our daily gun show. We come to you live every day at 7 p.m. Eastern. That's noon. Uh, no, it's 4 p.m. Pacific. And uh, we run it live on YouTube. Uh, we simulcast it over at gunchannels.com where we're watching the live comments that come in from everybody who's watching us live. Um, when we're all done, we'll take the audio from that. We'll turn it into a podcast and we'll uh, post that on iTunes. We encourage everybody who's listening to the show uh, now or in the future to leave us some feedback on whatever the platform it is you're listening to us on. That'll let us know where you're, where the people are listening. It'll also do us the favor of helping to get the show recommended to more more listeners. So we do appreciate that. Uh, there's five hosts, but only two of us showed up today. Only two of us truly care about our, our show. And that's uh, Smeggy jumping in from Michigan. Thanks for joining. Hey, how's everyone doing? And then I'm down here in Arizona. Actually, I'm kidding. Dano has some kind of real-life issue to deal with today, and Z insists on making a living, so he works. So no idea what's going on with Bob. Maybe he found another gun in the desert or something. I guess we don't know. So, um, or maybe he found another gun show. Could he be cheating on us? No. <laughs> there is no other gun daily gun show. There's only syndicated radio shows. But um, we're in episode 269. We're going to be talking about uh, gun stuff, the top novelty gun segment. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. And then we'll be talking about Clint Smith which is going to be interesting because I don't know much about him. Hopefully, Smeggy can pull this one. Uh, then we talk about shooting events on Thursday. We have daily events we talk about every single day. But before we get into them, we uh, usually take a break at the beginning to see if there's anything happened overnight, anything worth talking about. Not that I know of. I was kind of off the radar after the show last night, so and I didn't see anything in the news this morning, gun-related or whatnot. Well, I guess uh, what Matt had a show last night, so it's probably talk about guns or whatnot. Um, Matt's chat last night. Yeah. Did you listen to what you said or no? No, I didn't. It was an okay one. Um, There's a long one, and then because we did a lot of Q and A and stuff, we were playing with the super chat. <clears throat> so you got the super chat thing now, and uh, um, you can. Uh, throw some money at the host, so we were playing around with that, and people were having fun with it, and uh, then we finally got into the top five, <clears throat> I think it was top five guns under $300, but everybody was whack, everybody had crazy ideas. So let's see, Rick is saying on the country channel side that there's an armed Corvette chase in Arizona, undercover officer basically smashed the car, did not hear about that. Um, and then there's some talk. I mean, unrelated about, news. Uh, gee, what? How's your Corvette doing? Uh, I heard something happened to it. <laughs> I wish I had a Corvette. When I was a little kid, my uh, I don't know, little kid. I was sixth grade or something. Um, my ma had a tenant for the garage. We had like a big garage that we weren't using all of it. So this guy would basically rent a half of the garage to put his Corvette in. This was in a part of the country where there was winters, and it was the old. This was like a '79, I think, with the flat back but it was all fiberglass and everything. The old Stingray, you know, a really cool Corvette. Anyway, uh, fell in love with Corvettes, of course, having one in my garage for like years and years and years. But um, 
never could afford one. I almost thought about getting one when I first moved out to Arizona, like getting an old used one. But even then, those were beyond my range, and I couldn't see any practicality having a two-wheel or two-seater type of car. Not for my lifestyle. I need a truck or something. <laughs> yep, I've always liked the Corvettes when I was a kid and whatnot. Is Corvettes a big thing? Were they made in Detroit? Or were they like one of those things that I thought they were made in like Kentucky and that's why there might be you guys might like different muscle cars because you're they're where they're made. Or um they're Yeah, I don't at least now they're not made in the Detroit area. I forget I forget what plant makes them. But uh Yeah, I don't know. I mean we still like any type of muscle car, so that works out. Sorry, I'm doing other stuff. Um, but yeah, it's uh, they're still made by you know a Detroit-based company. So any yeah, of the any of the big three is is good in our book. He's saying they were Rick saying they were from originally from Missouri and then Kentucky Bowling Green and that's I think where yeah I was, Bowling Green. I yep. Remember, I'm always being like there was like a big event each year and they'd have it in the magazines. See all those pictures and drool over them. Yeah, as soon as you said that, that sparred my memory because I hear, uh, you know, oh yeah, we're going down to Bowling Green this weekend and whatnot. So, you that, that sounds right. I've I've never been there. I hear their paint shop is. Uh, oh god, this is way off topic. Never mind. Who cares? Okay. Anyways. <laughs> so, any other? Uh, we'll be using help. Obviously, uh, it's just Maggie and I today, so we don't have the. Um, advantage of having everybody else who's out looking at stuff. So if you guys want to uh, throw in any gun-related stuff that might have happened that we might mention, feel free. Um, they're saying, Sean saying, Corvette was built in St. Louis from 53 to 82, then production was moved to Bowling Green, Kentucky. Oh, okay, so probably when I was paying attention is probably right after they moved to Bowling Green, and they were probably making a big deal of it just to, you know, because they were doing the move or whatever. I guess that was right after the move. So Rick saying he's had his car in a magazine before. Have you had any of your guns in magazines? Smeggy or anyone else? I have not. The most famous my guns have ever gotten is uh been on my Instagram. I haven't had my guns in magazines, I don't think. Well, but you did have your guns on TV. I've had them on TV on Modern Marvels, and I've had them in a book. On Digest 2010, but not in uh, an actual periodical. But the other guys on the team have had, we've got plenty of guns in, in magazines, especially SWAT. They take, uh, uh, what is it, the editor of SWAT is in Arizona, I think. And uh, a lot of times when we were going to those classes through the mid, early to mid 2000s, um, they would be in Casa Grande, Arizona, and those guys would come down to film when an instructor of note would come out to have a class. And a couple of times, you know, we were, I don't know, for whatever reason, the photographers knew our guys or whatever, and they would, uh, or they had good guns, maybe. They took pictures of their, their rifles, so. Well, more like shot to the line, but like our guy up front with the rifle, you know, when you can see, and then the line of dudes behind them showing the, the class or whatever. So a couple of times we've been in magazines. But I don't think it's on an, on, it's not an impossible feat. It's something that with a little bit of effort, you could definitely accomplish that. Uh, there's tons of writers out there. There's tons of editors. There's tons of magazines. 
many publishers. So with persistence, I'm sure it's not that difficult to, to get a firearm into a magazine. Yeah, so, that's a uh, big gunner saying that he's hoping when he does the, uh, the 50 state AR project that at some point those might get into a magazine. I know they, they did a story about the project, I thought, but maybe they didn't take any pictures of the guns at that time. So I thought he was in something already. Yeah. Well, there's pictures in that article that he showed me. I forget what magazine, but um, yeah, I'm thinking he's probably talking about like a full spread on the project itself. Not somebody letting people know that the project is there, you know, but like Rick writing it. Um, we're going to dig into the show at some point here. I can say it's 269. Uh, first topic on uh, Thursdays is gun stuff. And today it says novelty top gun segment. I'm pretty sure we talked about novelty guns a minute ago. So I'm not sure, like last week I thought. So I'm not sure where we're going with this one. But Rick did say something about CCW insurance. So potentially we could spin off on that tangent. Um, yeah, I don't, I guess I don't really know what, where to go with that. It's with the novelty guns. Um, I'm pro novelty guns cause they seem neat, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't remember why I, I either I typed it in or somebody else typed top novelty gun segment cause it's, I'm pretty sure we talked about them last week. I'm looking in our show notes and pretty much we're talking about, you know, the various guns that maybe don't have a massive practical purpose or a you know, multi, multi, uh, you know, you know they're, they're maybe just for one purpose, a single person or something. Yeah, last uh, last Friday we talked about novelty guns that are fun to use but not practical. So no idea why we stuck this over here unless we were going to try to do a top five or something, which is going to be tough with just two of us. So I'm going to suggest let's talk about CCW insurance. Okay. I'll pivot with you. So we're gonna uh, get some evergreen content down here about uh, about uh, gun insurance. So, um, do you use any? Do you have any? Do you subscribe to any of those things? Or did people out there feel free to throw in what you might use? But do you have any right now, Smiky? I do not. Have you been looking into it or looking at it or anything yet? I have definitely. I I completely agree with the uh, importance of it because it is one of those things that if you ever have to pull the trigger, your life's changed, man. Like, it's just it's going to be different no matter what happens. Like, even if it's completely justified, you did everything you had to to save your life, good for you, you're alive, but now your life's going to suck. You know, so anything that can help with that, um, I think is a benefit personally. And I'll admit to not doing tons and tons of research, but I've looked at it a few and I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on the first call defense or second, second call defense. Sorry. Second call defense seems like one of the better ones because it's more like they give you the money like upfront to pay for your defense and everything where a lot of the other ones is after the court case, like you, after you get found not guilty, then they might give you some of the money back or whatever. Like that's, if you don't have the money to begin with, then you're kind of screwed. Cause then you don't have a good lawyer or whatever. Like with this way, they pay for it in advance. So you can go out and get the good lawyer. Um, they have other levels that have, you know, they pay your bail. 
They give you a replacement gun so you can still carry during that time between, you know, when the cops took yours and evidence and when, like, you get acquitted or they don't press charge. Because, I mean, it might not go the full length of going through trial and all this other stuff, but even still, there's going to be at some time. So that can be kind of helpful. And then the other thing, uh, they have, like a, like, a counseling thing. You get, like, a certain number of sessions with a counselor or something, which... I think that could be important. I mean, you you know, you just took someone's life, possibly. Maybe you just injured them or maybe even missed, but the guy still ran away or whatever. But, uh, you know, that might mess you up in the head. So maybe talking to someone would, would help. So I really like that feature of it. I haven't seen that in any of these other insurance-type things. They tend to be more... Here's some money for in case someone sues you or in case you have to have a criminal defense. And, like, that's it. We'll pay you back after you win. So I'm looking. I found a thing one time, and I'm looking for it now as we're talking. Um, that breaks it down because what we're looking at isn't really insurance so much as... I think there's another word for it. Um... I guess what they're the the idea is that an insurance is something like an act of God, something that happens, and you are aware that it could happen. But um, there we go. Uh, but it's uh, beyond your control. Where carrying a concealed firearm is going to be a different situation potentially, because you're walking around. You decided to carry the firearm. You're walking around, decided to live your life, and then some bad guy decided to screw with you or whatever, and then a bunch of actions happen. You know that. I guess can be looked at differently than you know you're minding your business and a storm comes and ruins your house. So I think one of the best um, ways to describe it is, unfortunately, or maybe I don't know. I, I'm gonna say unfortunately because you don't like to go to one of the sources to get good info. But I'm I don't care. I'm not getting paid by them. I find this one to be the best uh, breakdown. Um, of the types of insurance plans, I guess. And we're calling them insurance just because, again, that's not a technical term as much as a way to describe the concept. Um, but uh, there's different types. So it's not like homeowner's insurance where it's just all doing the same thing with the same set of conditions, I guess. And then it's just a matter of shopping and seeing who has the best uh, rates versus payout or something. Or which is, you know, the most uh, extensive, or which covers the most stuff. Uh, there's different types of ways to cover yourself for when you carry concealed. And the uh, Armed Citizen Single Defense Network is one of the options. But uh, Marty Hayes, who's uh, he was a law enforcement for a long time, and then you know, well into his career, he decided to become a lawyer, and he went to law school. So unlike somebody who you know, went to high school, went to college, went to law school, and has been a lawyer. He went and did a law enforcement type of career and then became a lawyer later on in life. Just to give you that insight, he has a little bit different, you know, those tools of being a lawyer are a little bit different for him. I think he uses them a little bit differently. Anyway, they he, along with Masada um, Yub and some others, created the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network a while back. And I think he has the best, what do they call it, like, summary of what's going on out there. And I link to it, I think, in both the side, both the channels, on both YouTube and uh, gun channels, uh, to his description of it. 
and it's been a while since I read it, but there's your insurance-backed membership program, uh, like the USCCA, where it's a club that you join and insurance is like part of the perks or whatever. Then you've got your prepaid legal, um, which is, you said you like the second call defense? Right. And I'm not sure. So the other thing is, when you start digging into, you type in something like concealed carry option or concealed carry insurance um, comparison or options, you'll find there's quite a few people who try to break it down out there. A couple of articles that have been written about it and people try to explain this like kind of technically what uh, tangled uh, option, set of options. People will, you know, when you got spaghetti in front of you, people will organize it differently. Um, so this other one um, from some website, uh, where was it? Dang, I'm trying to read and talk at the same time. They had uh, broken it down between um, dang it, now I can't find it. Uh, what they cover, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and that's one of the things. If I, I just give you time to read a little bit, but uh, it, it's hard with this type of thing to compare really apples to apples. I mean, if you have car insurance, you look at how much does it cost per month and did my fi did I fix my car if I get in an accident? Bam, apples to apples. This one costs more. This one, you know, is doesn't cover minor stuff. It's only, you know, what's that? I forget what you call it when, like, it's only if your car's totaled they pay. But, like, if you're in a fender bender, your deductible's, you know, 5000 bucks or whatever. So it's not worth using it type of thing. Um, but when you get to any type of gun insurance or carry or whatever, a lot of them are very different in just how they're set up. So it's hard to just compare and say, well, this is 10 bucks a month and this other one's 15 bucks a month. Like, okay, it's $5 cheaper, but it's a completely different service. Like it's not even the same type of thing. So you're not really comparing one to the one to the other. So I could see where it'd be hard to really look at, you know, comparing them, but if you found something that at least does good at, uh, you know, showing their benefits and, you know, if it just says, hey, this doesn't cover this type of thing, then, well, that policy doesn't cover that type of thing. And if that's important to you, then that makes your decision. Like for me personally, some of them will cover uh, like civil suits. Well, in the state of Michigan with our like stand your ground castle doctrine types laws, if you are found not guilty of like a criminal thing, you can't be sued. Like you, you're immune from lawsuits. So I don't really need something that protects me civilly because as long as it's ruled a justifiable homicide, I can't be sued for it. What? Where did you hear that? Um, from the laws. Uh, I'm not sure if it's like that, dude. I know that you can not be tried criminally again, but I'm pretty sure there's nothing that stops you from being sued civilly by anybody who might want to sue you for anything if there's a lawyer out there that'll do it. Now, if they're going to be successful or not is one thing, but they might cost you a bunch of money to be successful. Uh, I guess I guess I'll, I'll look into it more. You could be right on that now that I'm thinking of it. like One of those things there, uh, you're right. They could bring it up. It just would get dismissed because they, they'd say, okay, well, look, this is the thing, and you, you're you not going to win. But you're right. It, it could cost me some money. So when it all comes down to it, um, 
I think this one from Truth About Guns, this is an article from Truth About Guns from December of last year, so it's fairly recent. I'm going to drop that in both. Um, um, I'm going to click on it when you do, because I'm going to bookmark that for later. So, of course, um, we, have, we live in different states, so we have state laws. We have federal laws. We've got civil, um, what do you call it, going to court civilly so in other words for committing a crime and then you can go to or wait yeah civilly and then what's the other one uh, you have either criminal or civil criminal is where you go to jail for like committing a crime like whatever the police decided whatever you did you know shooting a gun off inside of city limits or brandishing or whatever the hell the witnesses say something or another now you're going to court for the crimes so they think you're a murderer or not or they you have to prove, you know, your innocence or whatever. That's the the criminal side. Now, the the civil side is somebody suing you because you ruined their livelihood, or you broke their leg, or you shot their car, or because their dad's in jail now, or dead. That they they don't have a li their family doesn't have a living. So you can pretty much find, from what I've understood, you or from what I hear, you can get sued civilly for all kinds of things, justifiable or not. If there's a lawyer that's willing to stand up and do it, then you're going to have to deal with it. And um, just because you don't think it's logical, right, you're not allowed to just say, or you're not able to just say, oh, it's not, that's not applicable. I'm not, I'm not going to ignore, I'm not going to spend time, waste, waste my time, you know, thinking about this. So um, on the other hand, it's not like there's a scourge of people getting sued civilly, but you don't want to be the guy that, you know, is the case where everyone, now says, oh, yeah, that's a thing. So um, with that in mind, uh, there's the various states, there's the various uh, types of ways you can be, what do you call it? Uh, um, what's the word? Arrested for. You know, you can be arrested for different things. Uh, the situation, you don't have any idea what the situation is. You're not out looking for that situation, but you're prepared for the situation when it's thrust upon you, and then according to how it goes down, you know, there's all different ways to um, fall into what they call it the legal system, you know, because of this. So um, I think one aspect of it in this, um, wait, did I write link to the right one? In one of these articles, maybe a different article I'm looking at here, I, I just did a quick search and pulled up a bunch of articles that I've either looked at before or that seemed like they were on point. Um, one of the concepts is there's different types of insurance. So there's your, whatever we talked about a minute ago, there's your, well, I don't know if we talked about all of them. Maybe I don't know them all, but there's your prepaid legal. There's your um, fund, I guess, or like your your group of people who throw money into a pile for the for the group to use. And then there's your uh, insurances, but the, they're all pretty pretty much underwritten. Or like, there's really only just a few companies that offer these things, and then people rebrand it for their whatever, uh, you know, with their for their marketing or whatever, I guess. So I'm not totally sure of that, but I guess the way that the insurance works, I think is what Smeggy alluded to, that uh, if something happens, then there's money for you. But depending on how it works, you have to first become, you know, be judged innocent, and then maybe they reimburse you. Uh, so like a car accident, uh, they're not necessarily, I don't know, I never really had to deal with that. When you have a car accident, they're, uh, do they just send you a giant check and then you fix your car, or do you fix your car and then they reimburse you? I guess they, uh, they they normally yeah you take to a place and 
and they play yeah. the they pay the place. So you never even touched it. Now, if you total a car, then they just send you a check and you go out and like buy a new car. Okay, so I guess you know even with cars, it's going to be a little bit different. But you're not necessarily, you know, the part where we're talking like you get in an accident and then you take it to a place and get an estimate. Except for instead of being a tow truck and time on your hands, that's you're in jail. Like you get arrested and you're in jail while they decide what's going on. And so I guess for some of them, uh, and I guess it depends on your lifestyle too. I mean, I guess it's different if you've got wife and kids that depend on you have to be at work every day, or you know, just somebody who. And save a couple of bucks and hang out in, in county lockup for a few weeks or whatever. So uh, um, some of them are going to give you some money up front. Uh, I think that was it the Truth About Guns article. It makes a good point there when he kind of summarizes it. Um, that article breaks it down a little bit and uh, kind of tries to explain the difficult, for, you know, uh, array of options uh, then they get down to a little bit of how it works how much the coverage like or what it covers um, then they start talking about attorneys so unlike a car thing you know one of the things that's going to be an issue is an attorney and an attorney is not an attorney you know all attorneys aren't equal in other words there's some attorneys that focus on you know all different kinds of things and you want one that knows about guns and CCW specifically ideally one that's got some experience in the state where it's happening. Now, uh, you can get your own re attorney on retainer for sure. Some of them have attorneys available. Some of them will just offer to pay for the attorney, but it's up to you to find that person. And, uh, you know, that all might be well and good if you live, like I live in a state where we have a couple of um, well-known CCW attorneys. But if I travel over to New Mexico or California an hour or two and each direction, well, I guess a couple more hours, you know, a couple hours in each direction, then I'm dealing with a whole different set of, you know, situation. Um, and it would definitely would be nice to have uh, something where you had access to a list of competent attorneys that are established and they've worked with before. Right. Um, so which, which one of them is the one that has all of the like, expert witnesses available to you? Well, that's the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network, which is not so much insurance as a network of resources. So you join it for probably, I don't know if you want to call it significant or not. It's like $135. It says annual membership according to this 2016. I just got my renewal thing, and for some reason I'm thinking it was more like 85 or something to renew. Um, I've been a member for a while, but it's some initial amount that's like a hundred and something dollars, and then each year after it's a little bit less. So you're basically just putting money into a giant pile, and then if someone in the group needs to use that, access that pile, they send some out. I think it's ten thousand dollars, and then they help you find an attorney if you don't already have one, and then uh, uh, for the most part, I think they just re recoup after something like that. So they're, they're, I forget exactly all of it, but they do have um, the expert witnesses and stuff. And I don't want to say the others don't. I just haven't looked at the others, the insurance companies, to see if they offer like a state-by-state -state list or if they have some uh, like website where attorneys can log into. I'm really not sure. Um, but I think the other aspect to the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network, and I'm not sure if the others do this or not, but they'll send you this stack of DVDs. So the expert witnesses alone is, is a nice thing, but the, the way that they have 
organize this. You get some DVDs when you join, and the DVDs are lectures, classroom lectures from people like Masada Yub and Marty and others who are literally experts in their field, like verified experts. These are people that get paid to be expert witnesses in court for both civil and, and law enforcement and stuff. So they're well, uh, they have good reputations and they're they're familiar with what to do in court. And those people give you, uh, or they give you some DVDs of uh, seminars or classrooms from these people. When you watch it, you basically sign and date the DVD. The packaging of the DVD has a little place on there where you can sign it and date it. And I think the concept there is that um, you get you join the group and you watch those DVDs and then you watch them periodically going on. And then if you ever have to be in a situation and you have to, uh, are at a point where it's not cut and dry and there, you know, there's there's more to it and you need as many resources as possible, uh, those DVDs can be admissible in court and potentially, and you can, again, potentially play those DVDs and to the to jury. And now instead of just being an ex, uh, a, a jury of your quote-unquote peers, you've got a jury of your peers who've sat through at least some of that classroom lecture and the classroom lecture is going to be describing some of the nuts and bolts and um, myths and misunderstandings of concealed carry. And I think that could go a long way right there to having your um, um, court case be better, you know, the best results possible. But also, of course, just watching those DVDs, uh, it's pretty useful data, you know, good info to have. And because you're doing it intentionally, periodically, you're getting that info over and over. And, you know, that alone is, is something that just paying $35 a month for an insurance plan isn't going to offer, you know, you, is, you're not going to get out of that. Where um, not only do you get that info, but then when you're on the stand and they're trying, the other the attorney is trying to make you look like such a jerk who just casually walks around with a firearm and doesn't care, respect other people's lives or anything, uh, your attorney gets to say, except for that this person spent quite a bit of money and you know retains their knowledge and their uh, you know, info on this topic above and beyond you know even what a majority of the other six percent of the population that carries a firearm does so it's I think it's got some real advantages however when you get into some of these articles I should say I think the armed citizens legal defense network has some real advantages that's why I'm a member but if you read most of these articles in them and even the people involved with Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network will suggest that it's not the only thing you need. Um, I believe the way that the fund works is you, they'll help you with financial and I think uh, a certain amount of it is, you know, yours is sort of like an insurance, but although you're not obligated, they would like it if you pay them back. So if you paired it, the Arizona or the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network with one of the CCW insurances that does pay you back after a successful that acquittal or whatever when you get out of jail because uh, you're not you know guilty then uh, you know they pay you a, a the sum or whatever for all your legal fees uh, then you would then pay back ideally you'd pay back the fund so that you're not you know just it's not an insurance plan where they're you know there to fund a bunch of people that are having random ha problems uh, the idea is that you're part of this group and you want the group to keep going yeah and they, everyone is helping out you know, the person who needs it. So yeah, if you pay it back, then those funds are available to someone else who might need it. Right. And like I said, I'm not really sure if it's an obligation or if it's just everybody has always, but um, 
again, you're part of a group, so there's no, you know, it's not like you're checking out. You're like, okay, I'm not going to carry anymore, so screw the group. I mean, you want that, you want the group to remain effective. So, um, I guess another thing is, um, thing I just saw here. when they pay out and that's a tough one so I mean depending on your situation that may or may not be an important for you but if you don't have a lot of cash on hand uh, and then you get some kind of insurance where they pay out after the fact you might still be up a creek right if you don't have the money to get yourself out on bail or whatever it's called and uh, potentially paying the fees or the, the attorney fees or the court costs and all that kind of stuff then I don't even know what you do but uh, yeah, you might end up not having an option to get out, I suppose, if you don't have the cash, because I don't think the state takes uh, car titles or home mortgages or anything. <laughs> you mean you can't trade them an IOU? I don't know. But um, anyway, so I think that it's an interesting subject and one that we didn't prepare for or nothing, but we kind of winged it here and kind of been rambling, so it's not like this was even a topic today. Um, worthy of further investigation. So what we do in this show is try to... Okay, give people ideas on what to talk about in other venues, right? If it's on your own show, if it's on your blog or your YouTube channel, if it's uh, just in a conversation you're going to have at the range or at the local gun shop or something. Um, but uh, this is something I think is worthy of multiple people researching and posting their result, their, their, what they found. Uh, maybe even uh, posting or having conversations about uh, what you chose as your options. Uh, because it's so complicated and because it's not a cut and dry, everybody needs this. Everybody needs this, but then there's all these other aspects to it that, again, people are in different circumstances and stuff are going to have uh, different needs out of the, the insurance. I think it's worth multiple people addressing it so that we can see the biggest picture possible. Yeah, definitely. It'll, it almost would benefit maybe having some type of uh, spreadsheet that lists all of them with all of their benefits. And I don't know anyone who nerds out about that kind of stuff, but uh, well, since you and I seem to be the only two that give a shit about building every second matters ever, even though the op options out there for anybody who wants to participate, it's a channel, it's a site, everysecondmatters.com that's open. Anybody can join it as a member and then participate in it. But since you and I seem to be doing a lot of that, um, and we need something to do for next month, maybe we could do uh, a page or an article up there. I don't think it's worth a whole section of it, I mean, because I don't want to be have it perceived that we're getting paid by or, just, you know, uh, endorsing any of them. But maybe do something up there that lists the various uh, groups. Maybe just in the organization section, we can make a section for insurance and then list some of those groups and then let people put their feedback in and. Right. Uh, yeah, and just the dry facts like this. This is what it is. That we're not saying it's good or bad because they're, like you said, they're different types. So if you want this type and you think these are good features, get that one. If you like the other type and those are good features, get that one. Like, it doesn't matter. Do whatever you want. So, yeah, I'd be down with that. Although, I don't know if I'm going to be at Every Second Matters this year or this month. Oh, really? You working? That's why I'm just looking up what, what day of the week it is, because I know, oh, that's going to end up being on a Tuesday. Yeah, I should be back in town by Tuesday. Uh, oh, wait, no. April it's... will be on Sunday. Yeah, a Sunday. Um, to be determined. 
Yeah, I was I was scrolled down. I was already in April for some reason. So when I looked at uh, May, it's on Tuesday. Anyways, we'll we'll right, figure cool. it out. We'll do it sometime. And though it's on the uh, on the Gun Channel side, um, cycles asking how come nobody else showed up. Well, that's or the re- why you're not seeing those other icons at the bottom of the screen. That's because just just Maggie and I right now. Uh, Z doesn't show up until a bit later anyway because he has a nine to five. That because of our schedule, Z and I both work or live in states where we don't deal with daylight savings. So you all shift around us. So what the show used to be five o'clock for me, now it's four o'clock for me. Um, it stayed five o'clock for everybody else, or seven p.m. Eastern. And um, Z's the same way. So his nine to five conflicts with the show, and you know he has to make money. We don't make any money on the show really, but um, that's that. Dano has something he's doing. We don't know where Bob's at. Probably naked. I'm almost positive he's halfway naked. <laughs> Given the last two days when he turned his camera on, he wasn't wearing a shirt. I think it's safe to bet he's not wearing a shirt at this current moment. However, I guess I should mention that Bob did bug me all night for a link to the store because he couldn't find it on the store for some reason. Or I mean, not the store, but on the, the Spreadshirt account. He couldn't find the... Um, Oops, and I'm having trouble even opening the link. He couldn't find the shirt that has the Muzzle and Mike logo, our our Daily Gun Show logo on it. We do have those shirts, and I'm dropping the link right now. Uh, I have them set up to orange, but you can change whatever color you want on it. Uh, they're run, they are selling for 15 bucks, 16 bucks. I don't know if that you bought them before. Does that include shipping, Smuggy? Or do you put shipping on top of that? Um, I don't remember. I think there might they might add shipping after that, but they probably do. But even then, uh, it's under twenty dollars for a T-shirt, and we get about three bucks every time somebody buys a T-shirt. So appreciate it if you want to help uh, promote the show. Walk around with a cool logo, the uh, bike and muzzle logo we came up with for the show. Uh, we do have them over there on Spreadshirt. You can flip them to whatever color you might want, and uh, we appreciate it because, like I said, we get three bucks every time somebody does that. So that's a way that you can help promote the show. May, do you think maybe we should have a separate uh, Patreon level for buy Bob a shirt, and uh, people can toss in a couple bucks a month, and when we have like however many people on that level, we buy him a shirt. <laughs> well, he has shirts. He just refuses to put them on, so it's not like a lack of, of opportunity. Yeah, but maybe if he has cool shirts, then he would wear them. So, oh, I see what you're saying. Hey, it's that new person from yesterday. Welcome back, Deeds. Anyways. All right, so... Let's um, move on to the second segment of the day. Yeah, so let's dig into training and Clint Smith. I guess I've been putting it off Open Zeal Show because he probably knows more about Clint Smith than I do. Uh, so we will just go into Wikipedia and find out more about Clint Smith. But before we do, I'd like to take a moment between the first and second segment of the show every day to feature one of the members over at Gun Channels. Uh, Gun Channels is a place we built a while back. It's community-focused on firearms. Uh, it's membership driven, so we basically took a social media platform software and uh, set it all up, except we built it on our servers and uh, no issues with data mining or selling your data to anybody. Uh, the, um, uh, all you need is an email and stuff to log in. We're not going to do anything with that. It's built by shooters, so you can talk about anything you want about guns on there. Um, and uh, there's no cost really at all. Uh, people that choose to can support the the site at uh, $12 a year, so a dollar a month. A couple of people support it at higher levels than that. One of the ways you can support it is by buying a patch or something once in a while. In fact, we're about to come out with our 6th gen patches for the NRA show. 
Um, but otherwise, there's no obligation for any of that. You can enjoy it and use the site all you want. And uh, with that in mind, we like to feature one of the members over there. And today we're featuring Tony York, one of the hosts of The Early Watch, which is a, I guess, a show that runs all morning, pretty much every weekday, uh, over on Gun Channels. And, well, Jimmy James started doing The Early Watch show and just, you know, massive. We do an hour show every day, and it seems like a lot. They do sometimes six hours every single day. And uh, um, Jimmy started doing that, and pretty soon, or not long after, Tony started jumping in and being a, a consistent co-host. So again, uh, when we built the place, uh, we were having a lot of fun on YouTube. I started YouTube, I think, in 08 or 09. Um, really started enjoying it in 10 and 11, uh, because it was a way that you could, it was like an enhanced forum. Like I, I'd been familiar with forums and message boards and the rest from earlier days in the internet and you can share pictures and every once in a while you could share a crude video but when YouTube came along and changed the playing field by giving us the ability to post long videos you know videos that were more than just a few moments long uh, with some quality it really was neat because you know they, they say a pictures worth a thousand words a videos worth even more so we were able to get a lot of information across that attracted a lot of people to the new at the time the new uh, medium or the new uh, place and all those people coming in from, just like now, different life experiences, different knowledge sets, really made a really cool uh, environment. And there was quite a big, I guess you could say, gun scene on YouTube. And whenever they started to compete with Facebook and forced everybody over to use Google+, like Google's version of Facebook, it really rubbed everybody the wrong way. They removed some of the features that allowed us to interact or communicate like back and forth directly with our videos some of the ways that we could like reply to a video with a video and that encouraged uh, audiences who are interested and in, you know the, to, to leave comments and to keep conversations going about different things uh, all that stuff was being kind of shattered and forced forcibly shoved over to Google Plus which was horrible and crude and because of their um, philosophy of use they allow anybody to create an account and completely non-moderate it uh, it was just so much abuse going on over there. If somebody had their, uh, you know, their sour taste in their mouth, they could just be verbally and otherwise abusive to people over there. So it just wasn't a well-made system in my mind for uh, for communication and for uh, um, you know having uh, conversation. So uh, or to create community. They were really just a video sharing place and people were using it as a community, but like I say, it wasn't built that way. So anyway, we decided, a couple of us decided, let's use our talents on building web stuff and put together a place that is for shooters. Anyway, when we did that, um, originally we just really wanted to keep the conversation going, but as it developed over the years, um, I've really tried to build it into a place for people who are creating their own content, people that have something to say, and are and having fun or at least interested or able to use the things that are out there like YouTube, like Instagram, like Facebook, others, uh, to get information out there, to share information with others, and uh, mostly firearm related stuff. Anyway, um, that's kind of the place that we built, a place for people who are interested in creating stuff, and uh, Tony's an excellent example of that. Um, like say Jimmy started doing something, Tony said I'm gonna jump in. He, I doubt if you, put down uh, you know, the biographies of a couple of different people on the table and you read Tony's along with some other people's that you would pick Tony out as a guy who's going to host a podcast every single day. Mm. Uh, maybe the gun topic part isn't so off base, but the part about you know Tony himself as being an internet podcaster guy. Um, he's just a guy from Illinois who's 
older guy and not necessarily the person that jumps to mind when you think, you know, internet podcaster. I was going to say, is that because he's old and crotchety? Yeah. And he doesn't we're <laughs> interested in the newest, you know, way, way to use Instagram or the, you know, the fanciest new uh, mic or anything. But that doesn't matter because it's all about the, the conversation. And Tony, like, says he's there every day. So anyway, Tony, thanks for, for uh, being the kind of person that we built gun channels for. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Tony's has a good perspective on life and uh, yeah, brings a lot to the table. Yeah, and I like that he's not just so wishy-washy that everything is okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's the best idea. You know, because there's you don't have any fun talking to people like that. Tony's got his opinions on stuff, and uh, and he doesn't just okay. Well, I disagree. Cold, you know, fold his arms and walk away. If he has a different position on something, he'll bring his position to the table. I don't think he's unwavering either. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but it doesn't seem like he's totally like, you know, stuck in his ways and he won't change no matter what and you know, just blind to other things. So anyway, real good. Uh, I think he's a good match with with uh, Jimmy too. He keeps the show going good. So uh, definitely adding to the whole place. And I can't, I mean, there's no way we could pay somebody to, to uh, be on gun channels for six hours, you know, every single weekday. That's crazy. So the amount of effort they're putting into the to the community is is amazing. So I want to not just say thanks, but thanks from everybody at Gun Channels for helping to build what it's becoming. All right. With that in mind, uh, Bob would probably go Tony who, and then Dan would you know, would say a bunch of good stuff because they love each other because they're in Illinois and they they have to you know they're obligated. And then I don't know what he would say. He's the Featured member of the day. <laughs> All right, so we're getting into Clint Smith. I'm keep beating around the bush because I don't know almost nothing about Clint Smith except to give him respect for being a um, one of the uh, or original um, gun. Well, I don't even call him. original. Uh, like one of the sure. Yeah, one. He's definitely one of the more well-known instructor, or at least respected instructors. Um, I accidentally closed the thing, but I'll try and do this from memory, but I know he had said he, he served like two, two things in like two tours in Vietnam. And then he was uh, a SWAT. He was, you know, a police officer on the SWAT department for a little bit. And then he started firearm training and uh, he's over there at Thunder Ranch and he's just, He's done tons of different instructional things, different classes, and I'm sure he's got a bunch of like articles and DVDs and all sorts of stuff. Like that's a lot of times when you like trainers will just kind of be doing. Uh, well, you know, I don't want to say just like repeats or whatever, but they, they like the stuff that he talks about is fundamental in a lot of other trainers as well. They maybe put their own spin on it a little bit or something, but I think from that aspect, he's he's pretty well respected for what he's contributed to the uh, like the training world. I don't know. Sorry, words aren't working well with me today. Oh, he started with gun sights. Okay, there you go. I think he's at Thunder Ranch now. Yeah, I'm looking for a good bio of him. Um... But like you said, no. he was a uh, a Marine in Nam, and then uh, SWAT. I forget where. 
And then uh, as firearms training evolved, you know, he's uh, been, I guess, uh, part of the, what would you say, like the core or whatever? Like you say, people regurgitate the info that these guys started back in the day. So let's see, you can find the bio here at his Thunder Ranch's website. So Thunder Ranch is what he calls his training facility. It's in Oregon, right? Either Oregon or Washington, right? Oregon. They got a bio of him here. Um, but I think he's got, uh, well, number one, he's got good info. If he didn't have good info, he wouldn't have stuck around as long as he has. But he's got a good, um, what do you call that, like, personality. He can get information across to people and it's a bit funny, uh, but down to earth and legit info. So uh, for a lot of reasons, he's got ultimate respect with pretty much the whole community. I can't imagine anybody who really knows who he is and has spent any time watching his stuff or interacting with him in real life that wouldn't give him respect. But uh, and honestly, I don't even think there's that many people that have uh, technical issues with his, um, what would you call it? his uh, theory of firearms education or whatever. Yeah, see, and that's a, a, I'm struggling a little bit with this just because I've never, I've never really looked into it. I've, I've never taken a class with him. I don't know anyone who has, but uh, I don't know. I would still recommend going and training with him if you have the opportunity to, because I do hear good things about it. Uh, he has a YouTube channel and just started a, a website course. Well, that's cool. Well, it sounds like Rick out there on the gun channel side seems to know quite a bit. So refer all your questions to him. I'm sure he'll be glad to answer. <laughs> that's Rick in Rhode Island. Uh, Rick, who we were talking about before. With the yes, not, not Big Gunner Rick. Um, lots of little pistols in his icon, Rick. With a red so, background. We're not going to suggest we don't do this show as like we're going to go do a bunch of research for you. I mean, if you really like that, want that kind of show, we could probably do it. But I think we're going to need about five grand each to be able to pull that off. And that would be quite a bit substantially more than we're getting on Patreon right now. But um, we're going to continue to do the show where we touch on some things. And like I say, we're not going to try to act like we can give you the guy's biography. But what I can tell you is that um, as far as... Um, being a gun person for years, uh, hanging out at gun shops and in ranges and recreationally shooting for a long time, uh, reading magazines and being aware of what's going on now on the internet, but you know, just in the community. Um, again, he's got ultimate respect uh, because of his uh, length of time in the industry and his contributions to the industry. What I think is kind of fascinating now is that, again, an older guy a non-vet, so it gives you some kind of time frame. You know, he was in his 20s and the 70s, so uh, been around for a while, but he's not so old that uh, he's done yet. Uh, he's still instructing, but uh, I think the, the fascinating part is the uh, number of uh, these guys like him, um, Vickers and some of the others who are 
you know, key players in the community or the culture or the industry, really all three of those things. Um, and whether you know it or not, you know, some people when they're foundational, you know, when they're a, a person who influenced so many other people, you may not realize that you're the people that you think are great have been influenced heavily by these people. So these are the originators of some of the disciplines and some of the techniques and some of the mindset that other instructors and other entities out in the again out in the community or whatever um, fall back to. And I think that it's neat that some of these guys, instead of just fading away, like in the past, you know, somebody who's influential, like Stoner or somebody, Stoner never had a chance to go on internet and be you know take his rightful place as you know acknowledged by everyone as an expert or the originator. He just never had the chance. The internet wasn't around for him really. Um, but he, this Clint is one of these guys who's instrumental in the community and then has now has an opportunity to dig into the web a little bit. And I think that's great. So instead of listening to people like us who have some concept or a little glimpse of what these guys have been offering, or maybe even um, like a Jaeger who's taken classes from them, knows the man, you know, I'm sure they're friends, or somebody like Haas who's taken classes there and, and can relay the the curriculum or whatever instead of just relying on those third parties right you can we can get the info straight from the horse's mouth so one of the things about Clint Smith that I think um, is gonna echo on long after he's gone is are his quotes he's uh, he's very uh, what do you call that like short and sweet like to the point um, so some of his quotes that are famous are beware of man who only has one gun he probably knows how to use it Bob likes to use some of his quotes. Uh, this one he uses quite a bit. An armed, an, un, an armed man will kill an unarmed man with monotonous regularity. Um, I carry a gun because a cop is too heavy. You know, we've all heard. I was just going to say that one. That was that's one of my favorites. Um. So anyway, he's he's um, hearing these or seeing these things written. You know, I carry a gun because a cop is too heavy. Now we got meanies. Come on, there's like every lame way of saying that. That can be imagined right or every weird way to interpret it can be uh presented out there but when you hear the when you get to see a video which is what i guess what i was getting at when clint is able to go onto his youtube channel and say something like that you get the you you figure out where it came from like you know where it came from and you now you know everything else is just a variation of that that's that's pretty unique that's pretty neat and uh we're living in that time um if you look at firearms uh training firearms as an art form, as a martial art or whatever. Um, for the longest time, it was you know just whatever worked for the military. And what usually works for the military is what a bunch of conscripts, a bunch of not volunteers, but a bunch of people who are drafted, people who don't want to be there, people that don't have any interest in going out and fighting, what works for them. When you're training a bunch of people who you know much rather be at home watching TV, well, not that technically, much I'd rather be at home drinking a beer and listening to the radio or something, and they're having to be learned how to use a 1911, you teach them in a way that's very safe because those people aren't interested in gun handling, and they're doing it almost with resistance, right? So when we look at that, and, you know, you, you got that aspect going back to the olden days, you know, Civil War and stuff, people might have wanted to be there, but that doesn't mean they were all that knowledgeable about guns. Manual of arms, you know, changes as you get into semi-autos and stuff. So anyway, you look at the development of firearms training, and a lot of it comes from that um, military stuff. It was a couple of guys who had military experience and usually fighting military, so Korea, Vietnam, 
uh, you know, real fighting uh, experience, and then got out at you know an, an age where they could still have um, careers as law enforcement. And a lot of these guys, uh, Pat Rogers, Clint, uh, had full careers in both military and law enforcement using firearms. Uh, they're way beyond, or they, they they got to way beyond whatever the basic military um, instruction was. And when they started to teach uh, other law enforcement, military, you know, good guys, then they were able to bring that experience and that uh, what works and what doesn't kind of knowledge to the table. They created modern gunfighting training or modern gunfighting as a thing and started to do those core things. So anyway, it's really neat that we get to live now when these people are still at a time when they can now share that with us directly. And they have the intent, you know, the interest in doing it. That's the other thing. Is these guys could have just as easily written their books and, you know, has the reputation they could just fade off and enjoy life. But they're dedicated to it, and they're in, they're still doing it. So we're all going to get a chance if we want to uh, see these guys in real time. What it's like for them to uh, to instruct. And with uh, Rick was saying, he does an online course now. I mean, that's a pretty neat opportunity. So now we got Z in here. We're talking about Clint Smith. You ever heard of this guy? Oh, fellas. Oh, man. One of the best. Let me tell you. Yeah, I think he's having mic issues or else he's just dropped it. What, are you saying that wasn't a good enough impression of him? That uh... I could tell it wasn't Z. It was Maggie. All right. Listen here, fellas. <laughs> Clint Smith. He's having some real trouble. Excellent trainer. I just know yep. he says O oh, a lot. Yeah, you're not getting the mimic part down. No, I, I, I never, uh, I never claim to be good at impressions. So, um, I can only imagine how infinitely frustrated Z is right now because I know he's <laughs> he's probably yelling at the computer. Yeah, and we're just butchering this segment. So what we'll do is continue on for the sake of what time. are we doing? There he is. Talk about Clint Smith. You ever heard of the guy? Probably not, right? Thunder Ranch? Yep. Yeah, heard of the guy. He's one of my favorite YouTube channels. Right on. So kind of milking it because I figured he's he on point. He says here. it like it is. He's on point. I would love to take some training classes with the guy. So now that we got Z in here, who's probably more familiar with the um, curriculum or whatever you call the, 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 what do you call it, like a list of classes that the guy offers. For, some, for whatever reason, when I think Clint Smith, I think rifle and I think longer range. So I see that he's got pistol courses and other things. So am I wrong, or does he is he more of a rifle guy? Well, I know that his uh, long range, and he used to have one that was like an incline rifle, I think, as well. So he's definitely, and as a man... Former, right? You say former. You never say X. You say former, right? When you're talking Marines? Yeah. Okay. So, well, you, you know, you as as a rifleman. You can say whatever you want, but there's a possibility you'll get, like, chopped in the neck. Yeah, I don't need to get throat punched or the knife hand or I don't need none of that. So, so uh, what I was going to get at is, yes, he is definitely more known for the rifle stuff. He's got uh, – then he's also got, like, an urban rifle – 
course, like for the uh, like AR, AK type stuff. He also has an old rifle course, which is one I really wanted to take the tanker on. Um, so it's going to be anything from, I think it was still supposed to be semi-automatic, but you might still be able to use uh, uh, like a 1903 or whatever for that particular old rifle course. See, I, and, uh, I think my brain is lagging behind because the, the Robbie why, just what? mentioned that in the chat. Clint has a great old rifle course. And then Z said it, but it's like, I'm in the hangout, so I can't be lagging, so my brain must be lagging. <laughs> and it's like the third time today that the chat has said something that we were just about to talk about. Anyways. Uh, so, yeah, so there was that class I wanted to take with them. There was urban uh, rifle or urban carbine. I don't remember which it was, but it was going to be in Texas. So that was one that I had been looking at, but unable to attend. Um I think he has a revolver class too, man. Um, th- it's just like there's so many parts of his curriculum that literally we're talking thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars I could spend learning from this dude. Um, I do know that he has started doing the online curriculum um, soon, if it already started. Uh, kind of excited about that, but not having a range where I can get to uh too free i guess is how i'll uh i'll say it I, it would probably be hard to replicate some of the things that you'd be learning uh, that i would be learning in the uh, online course uh but it's one of those ones where this guy in particular uh i'm always reminded of the do it now type of thing because there's been several chats where gwebs and or other people have mentioned it's like we have breaking up i lost him yeah he, lost, yep, oh, he, he dropped did. out completely so i just dropped the link i guess we should have dropped the link earlier to his uh website there and don't do yourself a favor don't click over to specialty courses if you're frugal instead click on one of the others maybe the rifle courses or the pistol courses and uh yeah it's lakeview oregon so it is oregon There's Evac. I I know strong enough. I don't know if my hands are big enough, but I feel like I need to choke the internet today. You can just slap it around. So, where did uh, all I was trying to get to is uh, you know guys like him or Hackathorn or Masa Yub that basically they are wells wells of knowledge. And the fact that they're not going to be teaching forever usually tries to, it kind of motivates me to get my act together a little sooner than later. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, Jaeger's going to be retired next year either or anything like that, but I got a feeling uh, the ability to attend a uh, tactical response class is important for me. But I feel that as far as timing-wise, if I'm going to take one, like, say, just one of those three guys, Hackathorn, uh, Clint Smith, who we're talking about, or or Masayub, that timing-wise, now is more important than later, I guess. But uh, Clint is definitely on pretty much the top of my list of guys I would like to get some training from currently. 
and that chewing on gravel voice that's a motive gentlemen that is a motivator well, I was talking a little bit before we were trying to milk it there to to to, to, to got in here, but um, I was saying how it's kind of interesting. It's we're in a unique time in history when um, we're all familiar with a lot of his quotes, uh, whether or not we know that they're attributed to him. But there's a difference between seeing something written and hearing somebody else say it, or seeing it in a meme or whatever, and then being able to have the opportunity to see the man say it in real life or on video. You know, it just takes it to that next level. It's kind of yep. a neat place and time to be. Yep, it it can ha have the ability to affect you deeper. Or I mean, it can be one thing, you know, haha, or oh, you know, like uh, the light bulb comes on. It's another thing where it can rewrite senses, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't know what to say about the man Matt. Well, I'm going to say that this is also uh, a situation that we're, this situation that we've got where we have an opportunity to have people like Vickers, like uh, Clint Smith, like Masada Yub, um available to us isn't, it wasn't a given, right? It was something that wasn't calculated and strategized and, you know, that is the result of someone's planning this is an opportunity that exists based on people's participation in the firearms community online and in real life so if everyone you know if we had ccw everywhere but no one chose to carry if we had ccw and people carried but no one chose to train if we had uh, training and some people took it but no one chose to share it or uh, compare or um, uh, create uh, chat rooms and and uh, discussions on forums and stuff about it if there wasn't participation in the community there would be no place for these guys to to go to, to put their content so I want to say thanks for these guys these these instrumental players in the community for being online but also thanks to the people who watch because it, without them being an audience there'd be no reason for them to even try so uh, well the two way street. I would agree with you on that but those guys you named, G, like, they're legends, too, right? I mean, like, literally, they were around before. They were pre-internet. That's what right? I mean. They've established everything. They could have, they've written their books. They've got their claim to fame. They could just as easily have. Whether been, it was magazines or books, yeah. You know, they could be doing their thing to whatever level and just not do this. But, again, the, the fact that everyone is kind of participating in this and has been over the years and there's no, you know, no reason to say that it's going to stop. Um, we've created all together a place that fosters this and gave them a place to come. And like I say, we have a cool opportunity here. We got like freaking Larry Vickers. We got freaking Clint Smith live. I mean, they're on the internet interacting with people. So um, again, seeing a quote is one thing and knowing that that quote came from somebody who's been there and done that is one thing. But now being able to uh, be, be on an online course with the person to, you know, potentially leave a question in there that, uh, will be addressed by them. I mean, that's just a, a, a neat place to be. I think this is a neat thing. All right, so uh, I don't know if there's much else we can talk about here. Um, I pre appreciate you trying to drag it out for me. I, I really appreciate that. No worries. Like I say, I, I want people to realize that we're we're big fans, but we're not doing it justice. I mean, obviously, we didn't we don't do research or anything to have like a nice presentation for you, but 
again, if this is something that perked your interest at all, uh, give me a couple of links there. Really encourage you to research more into the guy. And if you're going to be um, just if you're planning on doing some training and you're thinking about you know budgeting and time scheduling and everything. Um, keep in mind that some of these legends won't be there forever. So when it comes time to prioritize, think about, you know, add that as to part of the cost. There's a finite resource that's going to be worth more. Uh, might be worth hitting some of them things while you can. Yep. Full show. And he's on the West Coast. I mean, if you're on the West Coast, you know, it's a lot closer. Yeah, and would you wear a windbreaker to one of his classes or something? Mm -hmm. I know, I probably would. All right. Well, since uh, Daniel's not all right, there it is. Yeah, (laughs) it was. It was starting to come in. Um, Now is the time for the daily tactical. Oh, that was weak. I'll give you that one. I totally missed. Pop quiz. Oh my goodness, was that a clap? I don't know if I can clap. I don't know how Daniel gets it out there. Of the day. Well, I think part of the problem, it, like, see, the microphone's near my face, so I'm trying to clap in the microphone without smacking myself in the face, which is why I missed the first time and felt like an idiot. You gotta do it for, you gotta do it for the art. Uh, yeah, but I'm telling like, the, the second one actually, uh, you know, it was loud in real life. I just don't know if it came through on the, the thing very well. Pop quiz? I don't know. Whatever. I don't care anymore. So, get your fingers limbered. I don't know what you guys was playing. Some weird thing. Daniel's weird duck and sock cover song. Oh, Jesus. Bert the turtle. <laughs> Everyone duck and cover. Okay, great. I don't care. And anyone who gives me crap about my stupid clap, uh, you don't get to win. No, I'm oh. just kidding. I'm just kidding. Out of the running. Just kidding. You're all welcome. So get your cursors limbered up and your uh, fingers over the keyboard or whatever he says. I don't know. I'm out of it. I'm not a good Dano. Um, what the heck? Okay, so... Uh, Take a deep breath. No, my computer started freaking out now, too. So my brain's lagging behind. My computer's messed up. It's just all-around bad day. So, uh, anyways... I'm going to read the question, and you guys are going to type the answer, because that's awesome. And uh, uh, I'll, I'll give you a hint that uh, you might be able to find the answer on one of the awesome places that we always plug. So, here's the question. What bill is currently going through the House in Michigan concerning concealed carry? Ooh. What bill Ooh, I know this is going one. through the House I in know Michigan this one. concerning concealed carry? I'm looking for, like, the numbers, you know, like, blah, 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 da-da-da. Letters, numbers. Letters, yeah. numbers. There you go. Alphanumeric. Alphanumeric. H.R. Uh, 189 is incorrect. Uh, just to double-check, Smegs, you did double-check the answer, right? Yes, I did. I... Okay. 5301? No. Uh, 5301 is incorrect. Oh, we got House Bill 5301-5304? No. Incorrect. I think Here's the thing. 42 I, is not the answer we're looking for. 
Oh, there you go. Well, Who's that? Raphael. Is. <laughs> yep, yep, Raphael. Yep. Winner. So that makes winner, winner, chicken dinner. So congratulations to Raphael. Uh, yes, the answer is HB4268, House Bill 4268. And uh, you could have found care that. Care to tell us what that is, Maggie? Um, well, basically, it is uh, trying to change restrictions on gun-free zones. And so possibly you'd be able to conceal carry in certain gun-free zones. And also, if you have a restraining order against someone... You can carry for like 60 days once you get the restraining order without having to go get the permit. And that kind of basically Ooh. gives you time to actually get the permit. So if you have a restraining order against it, it live that long, you mean? Well, nice yeah. to live that long. But because you're carrying, you probably will, right? Because you can defend yourself. Right. And I just, I'm going to have to now look let at me ask, Maggie. 5301 through 5304, because maybe that does concern carry. And that's one I'm not aware of. Um, Part of the reason I said, hey, go over to, you know, every second matters and click on the thing, because then that's what that's where I got that from. So maybe we should add that to the Michigan State uh, discussion board over there. Sounds good. So, Raphael, again, congratulations. You are the winner. That makes you the technical pop quiz hot shot for today. So, again, congratulations. We're going to make it happen. So we always yes, always check out. Hope you go for it. I was just say we always send the winner over to our website dailygunshow.com and slash pop quiz. We have a picture of a patch panel there. Uh, it's a bunch of patches that we either make here in Tucson that we have made for us on our designs, or that um, people have sent in. Uh, dead air silencers. Uh, a couple others have sent in patches. Uh, we've got like Haas and Yankee patches. Uh, friends of ours. Then, of course, some of them Bob and I have bought at gun shows around the country. So we have a bunch of patches up here. Uh, whenever you're a winner, you can choose one off the panel. And then uh, there's a place down below where you can let us know where to send it. We ask you to give us the first choice and then a second choice and another. Uh, we've only ever had to go to the second choice a few times, though. And uh, we want to thank everybody for uh, watching live. Every once in a while, we'll do one of these uh, pop quizzes as an email or something so that the people that are listening as a podcast can participate as well. But it's one of the ways that we like to say thank you to uh, our viewers on the daily. So thanks. And Chris had a question about Patreon. So of course we always want to thank all of our Patreon supporters. It's one of the things that help keep the lights on and the internet fires burning. But uh, he just want to check on if the uh, Patreon just did, if you knew they had shipped out. That broke up. Where's the question at? It's over on gun channels. He asked if the patches were shipped out for the Patreon people. Did Patreon patches ship out from the Daily Gun Show? No one has ever subscribed to a patch on this on the page on the gun on the Daily Gun Show's Patreon thing. So no, but there's never been that potential yet um, on the uh, my channel gun websites channel uh, I asked everyone to pick their patch so we're still in you know, some people have and some people haven't so the answer is yes and no but uh, going forward we did just change the uh, patreon uh, system I guess or whatever for the daily gun show 
uh, to monthly. We had had it incrementally, and that was confusing to everyone. So at this point, uh, yeah, there's still no one at the. Well, I don't think there's anyone at the uh, at the patch of the month level on our daily gun show one, but they would be going out if anyone subscribes to that level. Uh, they'll be going out at the end of this month. Oh, and, uh, someone that said the link to the Every Second Matters isn't working. It worked fine for me. Maybe you have to be signed in, but uh, yeah. I'm signed in over there. But it, it took me right to the Michigan page on Every Second Matters. You click over to Discussions, and you got – I have three bills in there right now that are currently – that I looked up that 5301 that was introduced in 2016 in February, so I'm pretty sure like it just didn't go anywhere, and so now the new session is in, and so there's other ones. So that 5301 I think is dead in the water for now, unless it gets reintroduced. But the link worked perfectly fine for me, so I don't know um, why Clay's having problems. Well, he says the links on the page, so maybe the links that head out to the Oh, page. is that what I mean? Uh, it's, maybe. I know at least one of them worked for me because that's, that's where I got this from today, and I, I checked on it to see. So I was thinking of adding a second part, like, and what committee is it in or something, like to force people to open it up, but I decided not to. But I clicked on it earlier today. It worked fine. Oops, I think we're going to go to the gun of the day then. Uh, this week we've taken a look at some videos from the YouTube channel uh, from back in the day. This one's old. Let's see how old this one is. This one is from October of 2009. And basically had an opportunity to see a bunch of the different Keltex in that gray color. I don't know if it was when they first made the gray color. It's a long time ago, so I can't remember. Or if it was just a chance where I had all four of the gray ones there at one time. Uh, but they this like a 380 probably, and that might be a 32. Or wait, one of these would be a 32. That's a three. That's a 380. Uh, anyway, so and then this one's got the the two tone slide, which was I think maybe why I did the video. If I remember right, having that two tone slide was a hard to find type of thing. Anyway, I think they look kind of neat and gray, and I don't know a lot of people hate Keltex for whatever reason, but I always thought they were pretty clever little guns. And uh, if you pay attention from now looking backwards, you can think of they're as crude as you want. But if you go from real life, you know, experiencing these things as they were invented, uh, this was a working little lightweight polymer pocket gun, uh, really the first successful one that I'd consider the first successful ones. So, uh, uh, you know, looking at them from 2020 hindsight, I guess people have different opinions of them, but living in life, you know, when they were actually being developed. This was way before Ruger, way before Smith, way before Glock ever even thought about it. And these were competing with little cars and stuff that cost quite a bit more and performed differently. So uh, anyway, this is just a short little video on some of the gray frames. I, say they, I think they definitely like had just their uh, place. Innovate. Oh, go ahead, Z. You go, Spags. Okay, I was just going to say, they, I, I think say, they definitely... You say you go, then you start talking. What the heck? Where's Dano at? That's that's, that's Dano. Well, you say go. I did, but then you said no. You say go. So I'm not going to talk. It's Z's turn. I was trying to say is Keltex always had uh, some form of innovation going on, pretty much, and that they've also been 
um, several of their, their designs over the years. I think of that, uh, what is it, the 3AT or something like that? Basically, uh, uh, what became a Ruger and stuff like that. That There's several different models of things that have been uh, uh, either very original, like ASG or like that. Um, the RF with the out everything like that for the Jaguar. So, to me, Kelt always been one of those innovative type of comp. Whether you like them, you don't like them. You know that to me, that's purse taste or or what have you. Um, Never heard about Mr. Kelgren being. Well, then I'll stop talking. I, I think we got most of that. At least I did. Point. Yeah. They're very innovative, and I, I would agree with that, especially in their their rifle and shotgun side. I mean, they just they do stuff that other people haven't done, and uh, you know, I think that's cool. It's especially if they like hit on something that really resonates with the market, and you know, yeah, maybe they're a little less expensive, and some of them aren't the highest quality. So, you know, maybe someone if they come up with a good idea, another company makes it better or something. That's good for the whole business. But uh, yeah, and the crystals at the time, like you were saying, like that's they made something that wasn't really out there as much, at least, especially at that price range. And uh, just because now there's other companies that are doing the same thing and maybe doing a little better quality. <coughs> oh, excuse me, because that's it, what I've heard negative of Caltech is that you know their pistols can fail, and so if you're using them for carry, that's not uh, the best quality to have. But uh, there's other people that say, hey, they've had theirs and it works fine every time and, you know, they're happy with it. So I got nothing against them. All right. And that's our gun of the day. Every day we try to feature a new gun. Uh, sometimes it's uh, historical stuff, um, but by default, we'll just jump over to a video, I guess. Um, should we do... Do you guys have a preference on what we go into next? No, whichever you feel like doing. I'm just as prepared for any topic you bring up. I guess I'm trying to. I'm used to having the the topics with Dano there and trying to get this site to close. And why don't yeah, we go Dano definitely is is the the grease behind the the machine that makes everything work. You know, this makes such a difference when we go in and do this, because Dan always does this. That makes a big difference, so you know where the hell we're at. Okay, so um, let's talk about the movie of the day. Every day we try to feature a gun-related movie, uh, maybe something you haven't seen in a while, or if you're a youngin', something you ain't seen yet. And today it is The Mummy, the old mummy, or whatever, the Brandon Fraser mummy. Is that That's the old mummy now, because there's a new one. Although yeah, it's not... it was in, what, like the 90s sometime? Um... I'll get it started with, I love this movie. I thought this was the coolest thing ever. And uh, I'm not a big fan of the wizards and crap, but I thought it, it was enough, like, steampunkish, whatever you call that, like, gunplay that I, I could overlook the Egyptian wizards and stuff and ghosts and whatever. But, uh, and then it was a pretty neat series. I think, was it three of them? A lot of them. Uh, yeah. So a lot of money on effects. Good guns, having a roll of guns. Old guns was kind of cool. Check. Yep. yep. You're back. 
Robot? No, you're sounding good now. No, Mr. Roboto? Okay. Really like the mummy. Uh, do you remember his, uh, I don't want to call it his go bag, but his, his roll? When he rolled that out and it was all nice leather and it had knives and pistols and revolvers and all that kind of stuff? Not off shotguns. Like I thought that was pretty cool. Yep, all that good stuff. I had just enough humor. Um, I had Rachel Weiss, very hot. Um, good movie, good bad guy. I don't want to call it spooky or anything like that. Oh, hardly. I mean, it just was the bad guy was a Egyptian wizard or whatever. It wasn't uh, like a horror movie or anything. Yeah, I I I like the movie. It's and I do like the you know supernatural type movies. Um, you know, with different whatever it is, you know, gods and angels and demons and spirits and whatever. And I think mummies fall into that. And uh, yeah, it was good action, and it was it was good. So I don't, I don't specifically remember uh, like some of the guns in it, but I'm sure they were cool. The guns were really cool. I can't remember what they exactly were, but they were like you know, of the what 30s, 40s era. The uh, uh, before World War Two, I think. So between the wars, that makes best sense. Um, that or even before World War One, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Just because for some reason I'm thinking some of the characters seem like they had uh, experience, like they were soldiers. They were like experienced soldiers. So I got All right. in through like a real war. Although there's, I guess there was wars before World War One. It's like one or two. So. Um, Cycle is saying on the Gun Channel side that the Boris Karloff silent movie, Mummy, is the best. I don't know. I don't think I ever really liked that one. You guys, you've seen that one, I'm sure. Absolutely seen it. Loved it. That was slow. I just like, I just like the newer one a little bit better. And the new Mummy coming out, other than Tom Cruise, looks great. I think Matt was saying he's going to really like that one, right? Or the Yankee. Somebody was saying they're really going to like that one. That's crazy. Did you say you've seen the previews and you really? I mean, in a good. I mean, in a good way. Oh, they're saying the third one was. I'm sorry. What was that? That uh, Buzz is saying on the YouTube side that it was right after World War One, and that the third one was right after World War Two. Of the Mummy series. Third one was the Chinese Emperor Mummy, I think. Uh, I don't remember if I even saw that one. Yeah, now that you're saying that, I don't know if I've seen three. I th- is, which one is it? I think Jet, was it Jet Li or was it Chow Young Fat was the mummy in that one? Oh, well, not tell us. Which was the the second one is where they go by blimp and it's the rock and they're like in some little like island of green in like the desert or something. And the, then it, the, and the Scorpion King. Yes. Okay. But then that became its own. Movie. It has the Scorpion King, but it's not the Scorpion King movie, correct? Yeah, they made like a whole other movie to make it confusing. That wasn't the Mummy, but it was also the same movies. But yeah, lots of guns, and that's the nice part is they use guns to shoot down like wizards and demons and stuff. So they happen to use like spells and knives or something. 
So it's kind of like Raiders of the Lost Ark a little bit. Is it newer? Very much. More chicks? Except oh, they couldn't cool. kill the mummy by shooting it. If you remember. Yeah, it was more like just slow it down a lot. By making it have Exactly. So it has nothing to do with this, but I saw a good meme earlier and something about this makes me think of it that if there were zombies, wouldn't you just put them on treadmills and then have an infinite power supply? Solar powered house and all the way around the perimeter of the house would be, yes. That's a meme or a cartoon for sure. All right, well, that's our movie of the day. If you have a suggestion for one, feel free to send them in. Uh, we try to feature a different movie every day. Tomorrow is going to be awesome. Um, actually, this whole week is good. Or no, that's next week already. Next week's going to be pretty good. Um, that was movie. Why don't we dig into... Oh, we have a gun history. Probably Jeff. Oh, I didn't write it down. Um, I didn't copy and paste it well, but thanks to... I think it was Cycle in the Gun Channel side. Let us know that today... I think he had the date in there. In... What did I lose it? The thing about uh, um, West Point, I must have lost it in my feed. If you post that, anyway, I have no clue what you're talking about. Uh, I think it was Cycle or somebody else on the Gun Channel side posted that today was the anniversary of the what do they call it, like first day or the what do they call when something gets started, the initiate like inaugural class. Yeah, or maybe, I forget what it said, if it was just when they passed, like, to, to do it. But anyway, West Point started today, a long time ago. And uh, we don't have anything for today's history, so I was going to throw that in there. So, 1802, I think. So, West Point is Military Academy. I don't know if that was the first one or not. I never really paid attention to that, but you basically go to college for the military. They teach you how to be a general, I guess, and then you come out and uh, an officer. And each of the branches has them now. I don't know if West Point was the first one or not. Probably was. And uh, I believe so. Yeah, he's saying founded in 1802. Founded, yeah. Uh, on this, on this day in 1802, the United States Military Academy at West Point was founded. The academy has trained some of America's greatest military minds. There we go. Thanks. Did you already get that from him, or did you? Uh, I got that from him. Oh, then I definitely have a lag because that didn't come up until you were done. Oh no, no, I scrolled, I scrolled up and found it. Oh, oh okay, thanks. And now I see that they reposted it. But I do appreciate that. I try to have history things in here for every day. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of gun history out there, so that's gun related to some extent. Thanks for uh, posting that. If you ever see the show notes and you notice that we don't have anything listed there for gun history, my goal is to have a new gun history thing for every single day of the, the, show, you know, the year, but for sure the show. So we do appreciate anybody that wants to help participate in the show that way. Our email address is dailygunshow at gmail.com. And uh, any submissions will be appreciated. I think I already posted uh, the link to Patreon, but we alluded to it before when somebody asked a question about the patches over there. Uh, we are a show here. We don't have any sponsors as far as uh, you know, manufacturers or businesses or anything. That way, uh, we kind of like it this way because we're not beholden to anyone. Uh, we don't have to... You know, if we aren't here for a day, no one's going to get mad. We don't owe them any money. Uh, if we're talking about something, we don't have to say, except for our sponsors who are good. You know, we don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. It lets us do the show in a more, I don't know, 
authentic atmosphere, what we perceive as authentic. And uh, one way that we're able to continue to grow the show, we do have some ideas in mind to make the show nicer, uh, some uh, different little things to make the presentation better, but then also uh, some direction to take it to, to grow. And we'd like to do that with uh, our audience's participation uh, or with the help of our audience. And we do that through Patreon. It's a website that allows people who enjoy content to uh, participate in the creation of that content. So uh, for us, we do it on a monthly basis. Anybody who wants to participate can contribute as little as $1 a month to the fund. Um, and we have a couple of three different levels. At the $1 a month, we say thank you, and we acknowledge you as a sponsor, as a uh, contributing sponsor to the show. And on the second Saturday of the month, we have a, a scheduling show that we invite all of our Patreons to join us. If you have any specific topics or anything, they get mainlined onto the schedule. Uh, so that's a thank you to the people that support us at anything over a dollar a month. At the $3 a month level, uh, you'll be in the running for a random patch that gets sent out. So we talked about our patch panel that we uh, use for the winners of the daily pop quiz and our weekly tactical quiz. Uh, we have an, a separate patch panel that we send our Patreon supporters a link to, and it's got some one of unique patches, things like that, uh, logos for the show, that kind of thing. And for $3 a month, you're in the running for one of those random, pa uh, random patch there. So if we have 10 people, let's say, that are contributing at the $3 level, uh, we'll, we'll randomly pick somebody at the beginning or end of the month, I guess, and uh, uh, they get to choose a patch and we send it out to them. Now, we're going to do that for about every 10 people. So in other words, if we get 20 people participating at that level, there'll be two patches going out. And 30 people, it'll be three patches. So uh, you'll always have about a 1 in 10 chance of getting a random patch. But if you want to be insured that you'll get a patch every single month from that uh, patch panel that's unique to the show, then it's the $20 level, $20 a month level. And that's uh, a campaign that I'm trying to do on all of our Patreons for all of my various projects. Because one of my goals is to have a new patch coming out every month. And that's one of the ways that we'll hopefully reach that. But all, that, all those funds that uh, come in from the Patreon uh, supporters uh, go to keep the show going. And uh, right now it's fairly insignificant. It pays for hosting and it's and it's starting to accumulate a little bit of funds that we're going to use for some behind the scenes technical stuff. But if we ever get it to be a uh, significant source of income, we're going to use it to uh, travel to get to some things like the Tulsa show or the NRA show or stuff like that. Um, and uh, we strategize things like that on our, uh, on our Saturday shows as well. So anybody that's interested in uh, taking it to the next level and uh, being a participant of the show, uh, we just sent out links to that Patreon page. Uh, feel free to participate there. And again, thanks for everyone who's been doing that. It really does uh, give us that extra encouragement. It's nice to see more people listening to the show every day, but obviously uh, that's just one stat or one number to use. But when we see that the participation over on Patreon, which is literally people opening up their wallets and throwing a dollar at us each month, that really does uh, keep us enthusiastic about the show and gives us more time literally to uh, devote to planning and scheduling stuff and doing that kind of thing. Um, check, that. check, check. Is this thing working? You're here. Yep. Okay. Uh, so people might be wondering where they can get that awesome muzzle and mic patch. Where would you send them, G-Webs? Yep, you can head over to our uh, website, dailygunshow.com, and we have a link on the side there where you can order one. Uh, or if you want to head over to our store, it's uh, gearwebsites.com. 
and that's our online store. We have all of our patches over there, including the uh, the gun show ones. I'm grabbing the link as we talk here, and I'll drop it in there for anybody that wants to. We saw the patch for 1911. Get it? 1911, since it's a muzzle of a 1911, and uh, uh, that's a patch we make here in Tucson on our machines, and uh, we have I think a couple of different color combos there, and at some point I'll find the link to it. Yeah, and that's another way that if you aren't interested in doing the monthly thing or you just want to say thanks again or you saw Matt's super chat last night and you're like, how do we drop $500 on this show because they're awesome? Well, we don't have a 1,000 subs yet, so we can't turn on super well, chat. Well, I was just going to get to that. Uh, this is a way to, to... I was going to say about the hashtag Daily Gun Show, whether you post it on Instagram, Facebook, tweet, tweet it out, you know, whatever. You know, we're going to try and... Uh, collate all of that information and share it with everybody else but uh, one way that you can definitely help us out is by like sharing and most importantly currently subscribing subscribing to daily gun show over on youtube until you're a robot no we yeah. heard you I think it's, it's like I was saying on the side. I think when you go on it'll start to robot so it must be like a buffer thing I'm thinking like as you go for any length of time it's when it it's cuts the charge off. on my mic oh okay i think i think it's the charge on my mic oh uh, well don't start charging it because that's when the dog whistle starts so i guess we're uh <laughs> problem a or problem b so now let's dig into we did the pop quiz already i feel like we're missing something besides the events but now we're going to dig into the events so on thursdays we always like to uh Take a look at what's coming up in the community as far as the calendar uh, over on gunchannels.com. Uh, anybody who's a member can head up to the top of any page on Gun Channels, click on resources. One of the resources there is the firearms calendar. You can monitor what's going on or you can add your own event. If it's something that you participate in or something you wish you could, if it's something that you're just familiar with or you'd like to get the word out on, uh, feel free to drop it in there. Uh, anything from a gun show to an event at a gun shop. Uh, to the stuff we're going to be talking about here. So the first one in the schedule now, or the next one coming up on the calendar, is for this weekend, is the Big Sandy Machine Gun Shoot oh, here in Arizona. It's about halfway between Vegas and Phoenix as the crow flies, just out in the middle of the desert. Sounds like Bob's going to be heading up there. Uh, he'll be heading out of Tucson early in the week and heading up to uh, spend a couple of days at the shoot. Um, possibly Mika, or catch, from... Finland will be in Dallas, and he's thinking about uh, flying over to Phoenix. So we might have Bob and uh, Catch heading up to the machine gun shoot. That should be pretty interesting. Wait, uh, you're saying this weekend, as in like in a couple days? I thought it was next. Well, the 24th, sorry. So okay. I that today's Thursday. So it'll be next weekend, actually. Not, not tomorrow or whatever, but next weekend. Okay, because... Hmm... There might be a surprise appearance by Smeggy. Right on. So Bob will have his camper up there, so you'll be able to uh, stay up there. It's a little more uh, austere. Is that the right word? It's out in the middle of nowhere, and there's no facility, so you got to be cool. you got to be able to hang out to uh, to go to that one. Uh, it's definitely, I've been to a few things, and that's one of the funnest things as far as gun-related stuff I can imagine. Um, and then uh, I don't know if Clay's out there saying anything, but he's driven that down to there before. Catch us saying next weekend out on the YouTube site, so maybe he's still thinking about it. And uh, or Clay uh, has been there before. 
I remember seeing some uh, some video of it. I know internet was kind of spotchy, but I think was it you and Bob were there last year and tried to do like a live show or something. We did go live from there last year. Yeah. I don't know how well the broad the bandwidth was, but like in other words, if the machine gun sounds and explosions and stuff were all that smooth, but on the other hand, it'd be probably be difficult for a phone to record a bunch of you know dozens of full auto belted machine guns and explosions going off. It you know the best phone wouldn't be able to do that under ideal circumstances. I don't think. Um, There's someone asking, can you rent machine guns there? And it's my understanding, not really. Right. It's mostly just group uh, private individuals who uh, um, go out there. They've been going out there for decades, and they just enjoy the event. And you know, if you know them, then you can shoot their guns, I guess. But uh, there's nothing stopping you except for that it ain't your property, so it's not like it's set up. But there are no rentals. There, it's not like there's multiple booths with rentals. That being said, there is always a rental booth there. So there is always one booth where the spectators can rent. And I forget how much it is. It's not that expensive. It's not. They're not giving it away, but it's you know, probably cheaper than going to Vegas, except for the fact that you got to be out in the middle of the desert for a few days. Um, but you do get to experience, you know, shooting like an uh, M16 or a AK or a, a Thompson or a Sten or whatever it might be. Uh, Cat um, Clay did that when he went up last year, and uh, I think he enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I'm not sure if Bob rented one or not when he was there. Do you guys remember? He may have. Can't remember now. I, I don't remember. Um, but you know, it's mostly just private individuals doing their thing. It's like a club or a you know hobby group, and they allow spectators. So um, for many many years, one of the reasons I like to go up there so much is I knew multiple people that would shoot up there. Unfortunately, most of those people I know have moved on. And one of the guys who I knew who had the most stuff was from Tucson. He got out of the firearms game, sold his mod deuces and his maxims and. Dozens of full auto AKs and everything you can think of, and uh, bought Lamborghinis. So uh, he's not in guns anymore. So that's not an option for me. Wow, it was pretty neat for a while there, being able to pretty much shoot whatever I felt like it, because he was not, I guess he was not poor. Um, anyway, yeah, they do have porta toilets and they do have firewood and stuff. There's like a 4-H group or something of the like that'll have uh, food trucks set up, so they offer. Of three meals every day, so you could probably go out there without too much supplies, but you'd also be smarter to go out there with supplies. Think of and it as a camping weekend type of thing. For sure. Unlike the another one we'll be talking about here in a minute, as we go down the get back to the schedule here and um, and the calendar, that's the next thing that's coming up. Uh, that same weekend. No, in the middle of the week. Maybe I have this wrong. Anyway, in St. Louis, there's an international cartridge show which from what I'm told is the largest of shows specifically for people who collect ammunition. Uh, very, very frustrating because I didn't find out about this one until uh, I was already planning the Gunshow Loophole Tour last year and uh, I really planned on being at this one this year, but uh, it's not going to happen. Still looking forward to it. If someone's in, this, in the St. Louis area though uh, and you can get to it, really appreciate seeing some pictures of it. I think it's about the size of a gun show from what I understand, except it'll all be ammunition, collector's ammunition and stuff. Uh, that'll be everything from the tiniest of bullets to ordnance, so uh, should be pretty interesting. Uh, we got the world's largest gun show happening in Oklahoma, so uh, that's on April first. We've talked about that one before, but it's literally the largest gun sh show in the world, or in the country, which is probably the largest gun show in the world. 
uh, it's in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, for a regular just a weekend. Even though it's such a large gun show, it's just like Saturday and Sunday, like every other gun show. And uh, sounds like Bob will be going from Big Sandy over to Tulsa, so he'll be at that one. Um, uh, P226 Nut, a friend of the show, is also in Tulsa, so he'll be there, of course. I'm not sure if anybody else is planning on traveling to the Tulsa show um, because uh, really the end of the month is the NRA show, and I think a lot more people are planning on going to the NRA show. But between Tulsa and uh, the NRA show will be the Knob Creek machine gun shoot, and that's the other of the two large, no, I shouldn't say that. It's the second of the three large machine gun shoots in the country, and uh, it's the, I haven't been to it, but I, from what I've seen, it's the easiest, the most convenient to attend, and I believe they have more rentals there than the others. So uh, that one has, again, been going on for many decades, and uh, I think that's the one most people know about. What's the one that, that we don't ever talk up. about that's in Oklahoma? Well, no, we talk about it whenever we can. The FAST, the Full Auto and, and something. No, it's Full Auto Shoot something, I thought. Full Auto Shoot and Trade Show, yeah. So it's basically in Oklahoma, yep. Yep. Uh, in north of Tulsa, and it's done by Mark Friend, our friend from uh, Firing Line who is the first person in the United States, the first company in the United States to put actual time and development into making a milled AK receiver. And for many years, they were about your only game in town. Now, of course, a lot of people are doing other things like welding up partials and, you know, basically copying the, the you know, the, 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 the uh, existing milled receivers that are out there. But for a long time, he was the only game in town. Uh, he's always been uh, one of the top AK builders out there, and uh, he has his own gun now. Uh, but he, in addition to all those things, he also runs that fast shoot in Tulsa. Um, I haven't been able to attend that one yet, but there have been plenty of YouTube people that have been attending it over the years now, so you can get an idea of that one. It seems a lot more like in the middle. It seems a lot more like the um, the Big Sandy shoot and the because it's less, less, less formal, the range is a little less formal than the, the Knob Creek, uh, but unlike Big Sandy, it's just outside of Tulsa, and it's more, um, well, at least as far as commute, you know, it's, it's technically easier to get to. Problem with the fast shoot, it all, the only, if there is an issue, is that it's in the middle of summer, so it's hotter than all the others. These are still close enough. The, the others are twice a year, so March and October, and they do them at times when temperature-wise it's a little more comfortable. Not sure why the fast shoot does it in the middle of the summer, possibly because there's other two shoots I've already taken the, the other times, or I don't know what the reasons are for doing it there. But um, this is 2018. What? Uh, just looking up your your the international cartridge show. It's March 28th through 31st of 2018. So maybe that's why it looks like it's in the middle of the week. I'll look oh, up try and find um, the actual date. Okay, I have the wrong year in there. Because if it is coming up, I have trips to St. Louis coming up. Uh, next show will be April 12th through the 15th, 2017. So we'll get that edited. Oh, okay. Good. So it sounds like someone could go to Tulsa and then go to that cartridge show. Damn it. I didn't need to hear that. Anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> Sorry? Question mark? No, that's good, though, because we want people to know the actual date. So it is gonna be, we'll be amending the date on that one. So then we have um, the NRA meeting. We alluded to that one. It's in um, Atlanta, Georgia, 
and uh, on April 27th, and that is uh, if you've ever seen any of the coverage of trade shows, like the um, shot show or the military shows, and the other shows that happen around the country, the booths that they set up, like H and K, will create a booth and it'll travel throughout the year to the various trade shows. Um, you know, uh, Colt, Smith and Wesson, everybody makes their booths. Uh, when you go to Shot Show, it's all of those name brand manufacturers that we're familiar with, but they're sprinkled in amongst, like the people that make Velcro and the people, uh, like the ten thousand people that make Velcro and the fifty people that make zippers and the hundred people that make little eyelets for your boots and then the people that make nylon and then the people that, I don't know, supply freaking zippers to the boat industry. I don't know. There's like a ton of other stuff at Shot Show that's just all the literally everything in the industry, and uh, the NRA show is just the extract of that. It's just the stuff as an end user you care about. So Colt and HK and Carr and Kimber and everybody will have their displays there. It's the same people that man these displays all year long. Uh, it's just that instead of trying to do business amongst themselves or try to, you know, show a gun shop a reason to take their entire line as opposed to just two or three samples, uh, they're just there. To, the, the manufacturers are just there to talk to the end users. So it's definitely the the most uh, uh, time you'll get with an actual manufacturer. Again, we build, we do do this show in hopes that we're encouraging and um, uh, inspiring people to do their own firearms-related content. If there's one thing that you can put your resources, your time, and your money and your effort into attending, I would say it's the NRA show. As a member of the NRA, it's free. If you want to go in as media, it's probably a little too late now, but you can get a media pass, which doesn't really give you anything more than a little bit of access to. Uh, the the room that they have set aside. So if you wanted to do an interview or something, potentially, there's really no need to go as media to the NRA show. Though anybody can take pictures. I don't think anybody ever cares about pictures at the NRA show. So uh, if you are creating a YouTube channel or your own podcast, or you just like taking Instagram pictures and you're looking for content, if you just want to see what it's like to mingle with some of the people in the industry or or shake hands with some of the people that you've seen other people uh, do interviews and stuff with, do some of those interviews of your own, NRA show is definitely your best opportunity. This year it's in uh, Atlanta, which I can only assume, I've been to Atlanta before and it's a pretty big place, I can only assume it's not going to have the troubles they've had in the last couple years, kind of being bottlenecked by the size of the city that they hold it in. So uh, I know there's been issues with parking and finding hotels and stuff, I suspect that's not going to be as big an issue in a town the size of Atlanta. So uh, aside from the horrible heat, I can't imagine what it's going to be like in Atlanta in the middle of April or the end of April. I imagine it's going to be gross. But aside from that, I think that's an excellent opportunity. So if you can, um, this might be a year to go check it out. It won't be as bad as August, dude, let me tell you. Okay. Yeah, I don't really know. But I'm just guessing they have bugs and humidity. I don't like either one of those things. Yeah, but I don't think the bugs are like awake yet from the winter, maybe. Oh, okay. Finger. So, um... Anyway, that should be an interesting event. We know we have a lot of Gun Channels people. I believe Smeggy's going. Yep, I'm planning on going. Um, Pink yeah, and Marco and, and DB Marco. and a bunch of other people. And uh, yeah, hopefully that'll be fun for everybody. And then we got Blade Show in Atlanta also. Every year there's like a gun show that's just for knives, basically. And all the custom blade makers, all the uh, manufacturers, it's becoming a bigger and bigger thing, again, thanks to people bringing their cameras and sharing it on social media. More people are aware of it. This thing's literally been going on for decades. I remember I started having it in my calendar back in 2009 when I started uh, my overall, like, 
strategies of how I could hit all the kinds of cool gun-related stuff throughout the country. It was on my schedule for years, and it really took until the last couple of years before I started seeing really good coverage of it on the uh, Internet. But anyway, it's a great resource if you're interested in knives uh, to, again, meet the manufacturers, meet the designers, talk to people. And since it attracts, you know, all the people who are into knives, it's probably an opportunity that you, you really can't get anywhere else to meet the people who cover knives, you know, all the different YouTubers and uh, Instagrammers and stuff that are all about the knives. Uh, you know, this is a place to to network with them. So again, I think it's worth it. It's probably uh, not that expensive to, to, sh to show up. Um, DB went last year, you didn't even mention the admission price, so I'm guessing it was like going to a gun show or something. It wasn't like uh, $200 to get in the door or anything. Um, otherwise, the only thing we have on our calendars beyond that is the outdoor retail, retail outdoor retailer show uh, in July, and then TriggerCon on the 26th. Do you know who put in TriggerCon? Uh, I did. Okay. Tell us about that one. Uh, okay. Um, I just heard about it. I had never knew about it. I saw it on Instagram because registering for media opened today or something. But uh, it almost seems like a shot show kind of thing. And because uh, they talk about the see the newest and greatest like tactical stuff like I think it's it's probably smaller than Shot Show because obviously you know it just is, but uh, it seems like the first they have a range day and then the first day is like media industry only, but then the the last two days are just any enthusiast, so you can go just as like a regular person. And I just from looking at their website, I saw you know. ARs on the wall and just some guns and stuff. So I don't know a lot about it to be honest, but maybe that's something worth checking out. So that's that's yeah, about maybe. all I know about that one. <laughs> up in it seems like an industry trade show that's open to the public two out of the four days. And if you register as media, you can go all four days, I guess. All right, so again, we have a section of the gun channels, which is uh, calendar. You can get to it at the top of any page. Just click on resources, and then you got firearms calendar there. And uh, again, post anything. So we'll uh, help uh, get the word out, and you know, however many people check out gun channels, they'll see it on the main page all the time. Yeah, so, and that's, I was going to point out that I encourage people to add stuff. I mean, there's nothing... It's not hard. I actually added that TriggerCon while in the show, actually, when we were talking about Mummy. And, uh, you know, it's just add a little bit of information and, you know, whatever. If you see something, post it, and people will know about it. I'd like to encourage all the local gun shows. And maybe somewhere down the line there'll be 20,000 gun shows every weekend, and it's like, okay, maybe that's a little too much. But for now, go ahead and do it. I did that with the local one, and I ended up meeting Squib. He's like, oh, I'm going to that thing. I'm glad you posted it. So, well, man. I can guarantee you that if we ever get 20,000 gun shows listed in there, we'll just create a better index so people can more use more uh, use it more usefully or use it more successfully or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it will we'll devote attention to where it's needed. So that'd be great if we had the kind of participation to have every gun show in the country. In there. Right, exactly. And so I was just just thinking, you know, if it ended up being a hassle, but for now. It's not a hassle. You're not hurting, so go ahead and add stuff. As long as it's the right year. That's just I asked you you double check that you're posting the right dates for the right year. 
I do it through the database, so I just must. I don't even know how it's displaying if it's 2018. Well, no, anyway. you you put it. You you set the dates for 2017, but the dates you set are the 2018 dates. Yeah, so I was doing it through the database, and I must have just crisscrossed something. Probably tired going to it, but yeah, thanks for posting that. It's that... it's fixed now though. Okay. April 12th through the 15th. Of course, I'm pretty sure that's the off weekend that I'm not in St. Louis. Bastards. It's like, I'll be there the weekend before and the weekend after. Well, I missed the one that was out in Prescott a few weeks ago, uh, so I can't tell you what it's like, but I assume it's probably going to be, I mean, I'm assuming that it's probably boring for most people if you're not interested in collecting ammo, but I don't want to prevent anybody from going to it. I might be totally wrong. It might be the coolest thing ever. Uh Imagine a gun show where everybody was interested in the same stuff, like even if it was just World War One or something. I, I can't even imagine what it would be like to have a whole room of people that were interested in just the one focus. Might be, uh, again, ultimately interesting to listen to a bunch of old guys talk about, you know, not just the ammo, but the collecting of it and you know, what it's been like throughout the years. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. I that's one of the things I really enjoy listening to is even if I'm not super into a topic, listening to a couple people that are really into something and they really know the details of stuff and they go back and forth and whatever and if they put up with my novice questions that's cool and if not I'll just listen to a couple other people talk like, you know, people of their peers talking at a certain level. It's just cool to listen to that kind of stuff. So, so I'm just going to narrow cast to uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm going to narrow cast to uh, catch uh, because he's trying to, you know, he's got a limited time frame and he's trying to get a hold of Bob. Uh, don't call Bob. He never, I've never heard him answer a phone. Text him. So use that same number, but text him, and then keep texting him until he texts you back, um, or try contacting him on gun channels. But I would suggest if you are thinking about it, uh, he's planning on leaving here. And he could just, you know, he'll be driving up there with his camper, and he could probably uh, hook up with you in Phoenix potentially. Um, and even if it was something like you get off the plane in Phoenix and then Uber over to a restaurant or something, or maybe he's got the balls to take his big camper rig through the airport to pick you up. But either way, you guys hook up in Phoenix. He can, uh, uh, you guys can drive together up to the show or to the shoot, and then. Uh, <laughs> potentially drop you off at the airport. Did you just rent the Canadian out? No, I know Bob. I've been talking to him about it. He'd, he'd be tickled pink to bring catch up there. I'm not... I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm just trying to make sure that they connect. So Bob's not answering the oh, phone. Oh, I got you. I and thought you were renting out the Bob. No, I'm saying I'm pretty sure Bob would be down for that. So uh, I think that he cares more about hooking up with catch and having a good time with... Uh, what is he calling it? Like the triple international... Gun channels meet up or whatever. Uh, then he's worried about driving a little bit. So uh, continue, just like I say, continue to text him. He'll eventually get back to you. Right on. Uh, that's awesome. And then the other thing is, yeah, there is a night shoot at uh, Big Sandy on uh, Friday night, and then the larger one is Saturday night. So it's impressive both nights, but Saturday is when the large is the larger of the two. All right. So. Uh, I think we're wrapping it up. We got a healthy tip every day. We try to before, before we go any farther. Before we go any farther at all, we, I, you know, we we'd like to thank our audience, and you know, we give lip service to that and everything like that. But you know what? 
I want to say thanks in particular to the, let's see, let's double check the number, to the three more people that subbed our show we were having the show. I definitely appreciate that. I'd also like to thank Diecaster out there who actually became a new Patreon member during the show for Daily Gun Show. I definitely think that, you know, we need to, you know, and, and I may be wrong. Maybe the audience doesn't want to hear this, but uh, I just want them to know that we truly do appreciate it. We do notice it. So if we can do more of this during the show with the thanks and, and specifically thanking people that are helping us out, I would like to continue doing that. Yeah, and, and I'm going to thank every single person who thumbed up the video while it's going on. Thank you. And every single person who did not, shame, shame, shame upon you and your family. Okay. The views of Smaggy do not necessarily re reflect the views of the other hosts on the Daily Country. That is true. I speak for myself and only myself. And if you don't like it, you should thumbs up. And then well, you I think praised. in the mortal words of the Canadian Bob, he would say, suck it up, buttercup, is what Bob would say. Yeah, but I'm not as mean as that. So if he were here, thumbs up, I, I will rephrase praise to you and all your family. So if you want there praise, you thumbs Keep up. Keep it positive. All right. So, help me like to remind everybody that the most important part of the gun is the part that pulls the trigger. With that in mind, we have a healthy tip every day, and today it is a recycled one, cooked from scratch. So, uh, one of the easiest ways to eat healthy is not to eat all the chemical garbage that they, the different slurries that they'll put into the factory food. So, if it's in a box, you're probably killing yourself. If you think of yourself as a machine, uh, you want to put the correct fuel into that machine. So, cooking from scratch. You're not going to probably go to the store and buy partially homogenized, you know, goop or uh, what's that corn one that the everybody hates the high fructose corn syrup. Or corn syrup, thanks. So you're probably not going to buy. Not everyone hates it. It's delicious. Well, okay, everybody's body hates it when they. <laughs> but uh, if you're going to buy sugar and you're going to buy a pineapple, you know, that's a different kind of cake than if you went and bought a box of powder that you mix with water and then it somehow is a pineapple flavored thing. Anyway, cook from scratch. Usually, you have better ingredients when you're cooking from scratch. Uh, you use when you're healthier. You can uh, uh, eat more of it, right? You're not. Uh, it's it's better for you. So anyway, I find cooking from scratch is more enjoyable. That's the recommendation for today. Plus, you learn how to cook. You probably save money. You'll definitely save money because that's uh, getting the ingredients and putting them together is. A lot cheaper than even like going to a restaurant or something, which who knows what kind of crap they put in because it needs to like last a long time or whatever. So they don't want to throw food out. Yeah, and that's a good point. Restaurants are different. Uh, McDonald's and a fancy restaurant and then the mom and pop breakfast place are all restaurants, but they're completely different on where they get their materials and how much love they put into it and if they give a shit about their customers and all that. I think there's probably something to be said. I don't ever have to worry about it, but for uh, the whole getting together as a family and you know, teaching the kids, passing things on, family traditions. I guess part of our family traditions was food. You know, grandma's this or great-grandma's that. And, uh, you know, cooking from scratch on a periodic basis would, uh, you know, give more opportunity for that to be appreciated and passed on. Yeah, can I do an unprecedented brand-new event, daily home crafts idea? I probably only have one, so it's not going to reoccur. But... uh 
this is something my mom did is we have like the family recipes, like you just said, you know, at the family gatherings, you know, whoever, aunt so-and-so always brings this or uncle so-and-so brings that, whatever. They have their, their own thing. She put all those recipes together and bound it into like a family cookbook. And uh, she got that, for, like she started doing it for all my cousins when they got married. And then apparently like none of them cared and liked it. So she stopped doing it. And then when I got married, I was like, where's my cookbook? Like, what the hell? I want to be able to make, you know, the stuff and pass it on. So she made one for me because she loves me. But it's a good craft idea. Get all your family recipes together and put it in a book because that can be passed down to, you know, great grandkids or something. Like, it can stay in the family. Now, are you talking like she physically did the work of, like, crafting of binding and all that? Yeah. She made a book, laminated it, and spiral bound it. I was going to say, even if you're not interested or able or, you know, don't have the skills to do that part of it there's so many services now that can do that like you just accumulate you know gather the data and then they can do that part and then have 10 made or have 20 made or five made or whatever so yeah i think that's really like print shop kind of places yeah yeah like the online things yeah like i i got one once from uh like on the, you know you get coupons on the back of a, a register receipt at the, at the grocery store and it was for a picture book. I did. I took bayonet pictures and put it in there. But I could have just easily had you know, like a picture of a piece of food and then the recipe. And it cost like, it was a little bit expensive. It might have been like, or no, it was a special. So it might have been like $20 or something. It wasn't that much. I did it. So I, I wouldn't have done it if it was expensive. But uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned that having a color picture or like, you know, the actual Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving so-and-so or somebody's birthday. And then that's totally personalized right now you've got an actual picture so you're passing on the recipe and like this is the christmas that made it famous the christmas where smeggy got all drunk or the thanksgiving where smeggy got all drunk or the birthday party where smeggy got all drunk <laughs> i don't like this uh, characterization i don't know what you're talking about no, i'm just kidding so um i was going to start a new segment of the show since we're unprecedentedly starting new segments and dano's not here to yell at us about it if everybody's down um, I thought we would start doing Gun Channel story time segment. Uh, I don't think I've even talked to you guys about this necessarily, but uh, and I don't know if this is the best day to do it or not. But I want to start doing it so that we don't keep forgetting about it, or I don't keep forgetting about it. But we say things like windbreaker, we say things like store number, we say things other things that uh, people may or may not have any idea what how we're talking about. Scorpion in a backpack. See, I don't know what that is. Scorpion. Oh man, You're missing out. So you carried uh, a. Whatever. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, I figured I'd uh, start a segment where we can address those. And I don't know. Do you want to start with that scorpion in the backpack story? Because I don't know. You know what that one is? Sure. Oh, I know what that one is, but I would almost rather start with the Mosin saga or something like that. Fine. We'll start with Z's. But anyway, we start with uh, the scorpion in the backpack event. I particularly miss that person, and I wish they were still on gun channels. What is yeah. this? Oh, are you talking about a gun, the scorpion? I think he meant a bug of the scorpion. Yes, he's talking oh. about he he concealed carried a scorpion in a backpack, and then he had a a Taurus judge and something else. I, I don't even remember necessarily the whole story. I don't I don't remember the guy's name. He was in the chats. And it was one of the late night ones. Well, let's, let's leave that for the future then, because that was a shitty reminiscent that you didn't even remember of Pete. So <laughs> let's uh save that one yeah, for everyone. Thank you. And then I'm going to say, let's go back to one of the OG ones. 
So let me put it out there like this. If you're listening still and we've got your attention and you're familiar with what's going on over here at Gun Channels, what was the first of these? Is it, what's your store number? Is it, let's hug it out? I think store number was before hug it out. Oh, don't give it away. What? Because you have a third one, don't you? Well, never mind, I guess. Do what you're going to do. Sorry. You have shit tones. I want to get to Windbreaker. I just don't want to do Windbreaker first because Windbreaker is only like a year old. But we could. Yeah, we don't, we don't start with Windbreaker. Um, so anyway, I'm and we don't, to... Yeah, Windbreaker and Socks. Socks? They were talking yeah. about Socks. Oh, that, was the, that was the same, same chat. The type of Windbreaker or do we bring Windbreaker and what kind of Socks? Same chat, same story, same reference. Well, I guess then we'll just allude to all of these, and all of y'all will have to come up with the content because you know how lazy we are and how, like, we don't like to pick things. You get to pick them for us. So we're gonna have this this new segment of the show, Gun Channel Story Time, which probably do it on Fridays anyway, even though Fridays always stacked up. There you go. But uh, we'll figure out a day to do it, and you guys can start giving us some feedback on which stories you'd like to hear. Because Dano should probably be around for store number, right? And hey, yeah. I guess anyone else can do Windbreaker. But, you know, uh, some of the others, though, we might try to get the people on who are involved, even. If it's not a source. Well, and, and, and some people that were involved are no longer on Gun Channel. So we, I don't want to say necessarily tread lightly, but we will try and... Oh, never mind. I was going to say we'll try and be as respectful as we can. Uh, I can't guarantee that. Yeah, I was going to say no holds barred, but we'll see. It's not like... Well, because I was thinking about somebody that was known as the Creeper. Um, I mean, there's just... There's there's a bunch. There's there's a oh, yeah. ton. Well, I'm there's not a ton, G. getting into the derogatory negative ones. There's been some shit on gun channels that I'm not proud of, so you're not going to get me to participate in reminiscing about the bullshit. Fair enough. <laughs> but if you Fair guys, enough. as a group, want to hear about that stuff, I won't prevent it. It is history, and it is all out there. But, uh, yeah, I'd rather talk about crazy stuff like store number, which really is no harm, no foul in the, long, in the big picture. And uh, and I'm, I know I'm forgetting well, something. We think, I, I, it makes, store you know, number was no harm, no foul, other than to the one person. <laughs> but yeah. uh, they took it with a grain of salt, which is kind of good. I guess in the he well, anyway, so then, uh, but like I say, the windbreaker is the one that made me think about it because we're always talking about windbreaker, and I gotta assume there's people out there that are going, "What the hell are they so fixated about windbreakers for?" And just to explain ourselves a little bit, and to give some people some of the what narrative of what it was like to to experience gun channels over the last four years. Um, and when we say gun channels, I mean we're talking live chats and podcasts and comments and videos that have nothing to do with anything, which is that we all kind of hang out over here, so it's all kind of the gun channels story. I, I feel like we need yeah. a DB for this segment, because he seems to be an historian on some of these things. Are you saying DB is the Gun Channel scribe? He certainly remembers a lot of the stories, and he uh, enjoys himself remembering them. I kind of... If I had to think of somebody who's been in the background of almost everything, it would be Moon. And He's definitely been involved in more than a couple of the things, for sure. But as a witness, I think. For sure. Yes, witness, not, not part of as in factor. Yeah. 
All right, so uh, again, we have an email address. It's called dailygunshow at gmail.com. We also have the comments on all the stuff that we put out there. Uh, you can leave us comments and we'll see it. Uh, you send us emails. Not only do we see it, but we can archive it and sort it and refer to it and whatnot. And we have some way to reply back to you specifically, you know, directly and potentially discreetly if it's something uh, you know, of that nature. But uh, we do encourage you to give us some ideas for uh, Gun Channel story time and uh, like explaining some of the, what do you call those? Like inside jokes that we've got over yeah. there? We can always start with like what there was this one time at band camp, or we can start out with there I was, there I was, there I was in the Congo. The day started out like all others do, different from all the others. So I had a friend, he started. Never thought it would happen to me. Every story he started with this was always a great story, but it was there I was minding my own business, not bothering anybody. And then you knew it was going to be a good story. Uh, yep, I'm not the type of guy to write into Larry Flint, but this one time I just thought I had to. I think you're mixing up publishers there. Oh, no. That wasn't Leonard's the Hustler. Oh, yeah. Oh, there was there? Right. All right, so I think... Yeah, that's Larry, that's Larry. Okay, so uh, I think with that, we are done with this one. We talk about what's going on in Gun Channels today. It's Thursday. Got uh, TAC, TAC Daddy, doing uh, Gun News Weekly. That will be relatively soon, actually. I think, it, I think it's already started. Uh, may have just started. Snap. So it started. Uh, check that out. Uh, I do my AK-47 Guru podcast chat tonight. Uh, that'll be in like a couple hours. Um, we'll have hopefully some kind of lobby. Is there a lobby up already? Uh, yeah, Pink's got one up. Right on. So we have a basically what we call a lobby. See, that's another thing. I can, that would almost be a thing, the way that we uh, kind of created calling it a lobby. Anyway, uh, we have an open room like this one, a Google Hangout that uh, someone will start. Usually Pink Panther starts it on his uh, unique channel. He created a separate channel just to host these lobby chats. So he, he creates the room. He embeds it over on Gun Channels so that everybody can watch it on Gun Channels. Just go to gunchannels.com slash lobby, and you can watch the, the show. It's not really a show. You can watch the Hangout, the room, and depending on who's available and who's interested and what the conversation is, uh, the link to join the room will be posted in the comments below and you can uh, join the room if you're interested and uh, the conversation just wanders and rambles around uh, and it, it'll change with uh, you know what people's interests are and who's in there uh, then that room will last hours eight hours or something and sometimes if the conversation's still going late into the evenings or night early morning uh, someone will start another one uh, but uh, that's something that happens over on gun channels all the time uh, in the morning, we'll have Early Watch, uh, which is a show similar to this one. However, it's run by Jimmy James and uh, Tony, who we talked about earlier. And uh, together with sometimes Night Strike and some of the other guys that are available, depending on what day it is, uh, they'll run a long format, multiple hour show. Uh, it's kind of a hybrid between an open discussion and a scheduled show. Jimmy usually puts some kind of time and effort into coming up with some topics for the day. Uh, they do some giveaways and some, uh, uh, what do you call them, like contests and things to 
keep everybody uh, yeah, name that gun. Yeah, and uh, he does them in an interesting way, and uh, he's created his own set of um, regulars, I guess. Then uh, whenever that show ends, there's usually some sort of a lobby between that show and ours, and then uh, our show ends, and then the, the evening chats begin. So that's gun channels in 24 hours, a 24-hour snapshot of gun channels. Uh, I guess like we just said, Tech Daddy will be the next show coming up live, uh, and then our AK podcast will be coming up after that, and then uh, Early Watch tomorrow morning. We'll be back here for episode number 270. Uh, 7 p.m. tomorrow, 4 p.m. Pacific, and uh, we'll see you then. We'll see when you guys have to figure out who's going to be the problem. I was going to say, do we have a, a quote? I'm oh, sorry, I was on different tabs. Yeah, there's one in there. Okay. Um, I can read it once I find it. Uh, okay, this quote is from... Uh, Theodore Roosevelt, the only man who never makes a mistake is the man who never does anything. Hmm. Except by not doing anything, he made a mistake. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that one. Although I get, I see what he's going for there. I do. If you don't yeah. try, then, like, you know. Anyway, so we, neither one of us have to claim it. Somebody else stuck it in there. We don't know who did it. <laughs> All right, see you guys tomorrow. Guys and gals of GunWebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thanks for watching GunWebsites.com.